0: Warning, the following podcast may contain material that is inappropriate for listeners that are under the age of 18, are easily offended, or get annoyed listening to the rantings of holier-than-thou-know-it-alls that are anything but. Alright, hold on. I'm still hooking up everything. I wonder what would happen if I just messed with these sliders. Like, I noticed I can turn this up and just change my normal voice. How about if I turn this slider all the way up? Oh, snap. I got a deep voice now. I think I'm just going to record the entire podcast. See how long it takes. Eventually people will just accept that this is the Daryl Surratt voice from now on. Maybe for the first couple of shows I'll just tell people, "Oh, I've got congestion. I got a head cold." No, I think no, no, let's leave it. <laughs> All right. It is with great effort and willpower that I pull myself away from Fallout 3 to bring you show number (laughs) 74 of the Anime World Order podcast. It is only a month in the making. The last episode came out in the middle of October and it was like the only thing we released in October. I'm sorry. Video games. I am Daryl Surratt. To not talk about video games for the next hour or two. We're going to talk about anime manga and all that jazz. However, this is the special all manga edition of the Anime World Order podcast. So I've got to bring in my two trusty associates.
1: It is with no effort whatsoever that I pull myself away from playing Dead Space, which is a crappy game. It is good for about an hour or two. But I come to record this, and I am Gerald Rethgel.
0: I watched you play that for about half a day, and it seemed pretty good.
1: The thing is is that it's only got one way of scaring you, and then it does a whole bunch of dumb things that I really hate. I
0: saw a lot of dumb things as I was watching it, namely the Doom 3 monster closet.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> dumb inventory management and things like that, which is beyond the scope of this show. That's my story. I wish I'd gotten Fallout 3 instead.
2: So you say now. Yeah. you haven't even ever played a Fallout game before. Buy Fallout 1 and
0: Fallout 2 on GOG.com, they're $6 each.
2: Yes, people should go get them. No DRM, just $6. I am Clarissa, and I wish that I could say that I was playing video games like these two guys and dicking around, but no, I had a hideous past couple of weeks at work, and then I had to take the GRE, and I still have to fill out my application for grad school.
0: You have to pass the GRE. If you didn't pass it, then you don't have to fill out the application.
2: No, no, I did. Oh, I don't know why I'm bothering, because I'm only going to do non-degree seeking right now, because I don't know what the hell a program I want to go into. But it's better than nothing.
1: That is the joy of working for a college where you can take graduate courses for free. That is fantastic. I wish I could do that. It's
0: not fair, because everyone's becoming smarter than me. People are getting their master's degree in December, and then they're going to be officially smarter than me, and then other people are (laughs) going to get their Juris Doctorates and become lawyers shortly afterwards, and then they're going to be smarter than me. That's
2: okay, Daryl, because... Not everyone on this podcast
0: is pulling ahead.
2: No, 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 look. I work at a research institution at a college, and I work with PhDs, That smart only carries so far, because these people have PhDs, and they still cannot format their references properly. They do not understand APA formatting. They do not understand simple directions.
0: If I was Noah Fulmore,
2: I would say that their intelligence is high, but their wisdom is low. Maybe that is what the problem is.
1: Some of the dumbest people I've ever met are PhDs. (laughs) in that they know a whole lot about one thing.
2: Right, right. We need to redefine
0: that so it's the dumbest people are people with master's degrees, so that way the people who I know now, I can say they're no longer smarter than me (laughs) because they have master's degrees. But what are we reviewing Uh. on this manga-only edition of the Anime World Order podcast?
1: I'm going to be taking a look at a classic manga from the uh, god of manga himself, Osamu Tezuka. This was a recent release from Vertical, this is the three volume 1960s series Dororo, recently remade as a movie and a video game.
0: I actually wrote about this in Otaku, USA, way back when, so I didn't take it.
2: Well, that must have been what it was, because I remember I was kind of confused. So I was like, wait, Daryl, didn't you already do that? But I guess it was. No, I did it for, for the, the magazine.
0: magazine. The latest issue of the magazine as we're recording is on sale right now. It's got Death Note on the cover and has awesome articles by us on things like Gundam 00. And Yay! ergo uh, proxy and all sorts of other exciting celestial phenomenon
2: and if you've already seen the first season of gundam double o there's more ridiculousness on the website but please don't read it if you haven't seen the first season yeah i, I contributed overviews
0: of the universal century timeline and all the alternate universe ones just like quick overviews of them that was my yeah. gundam contribution but it also has our Macross feature of what Macross means to us and steve harrison and tim eldred
2: <laughs> indeed I am going to be doing something that has not actually come out. I'm continuing along with the next part of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Unfortunately, I doubt anything except for part three is going to come out here, but I'm talking about part four, which is kind of a mixed reception among JoJo's fans. Yeah,
0: I can agree with that. Hmm. Just so everybody knows, if you want to hear the reviews of the previous three JoJo's parts, we've got all of them listed in our review index which is on www.animeworldorder.com. Please go there and consult that list before you send us emails asking us to review shows, because we tend to get a lot of emails saying, hey, review this show, and we're like, oh, we already reviewed it, if you check the review index. Uh, if you do want to send us emails, the email address is animeworldorder at gmail.com. As you'll notice, this is the Crazy Otaku Podcast, so we'll be reading your Crazy Otaku emails momentarily. And on the subject of that, that brings me to the manga I will be reviewing this week, which is probably the ultimate in Otaku storylines. Uh, we've got Genshin, we got Welcome to the NHK, you got Comic Party, you got Otaku no video. But this is the new king of the block. This is a manga, four volumes long. It's called Resentiment. I've always been saying it Resentiment, but it's French. Damn donkey bastard. So I'm gonna try and say it correctly <laughs> this episode. In this episode only, but just so you know. It's probably not going to happen. I will have
2: you know that I was a French ghost for Halloween, so I take offense to that. I thought Gerald was a
0: French ghost, or a gentleman ghost, French, invisible, assaulting power girl type.
1: (laughs) I was all of those things, true, but we do have photographic evidence of my house being invaded by a French ghost, a British ghost, and a Mexican ghost.
0: The British ghost was the best. I actually thought you were Fantomas, but I guess I was wrong.
1: I was just someone that the pieces were laying around, so they put them on me and it made something. All
0: right. <laughs> I guess we'll go to the emails. We were down to 200. Now we're back up to 215 or so. One of these days, we'll get that down to 100. Maybe. Not today, though. <laughs> We'll start with this one. This one's from Patrick. He says, Hey, AWO, I'm a longtime fan of the show. happen to take your opinion on anime and manga very seriously, <laughs> sucker. Despite what your self-deprecating humor might lead you to believe. Oh, he predicted I was going to say sucker. I picked up Moo and Cyber City 080808 on your recommendation and enjoyed them both immensely. That aside, I have a few comments about your last episode, specifically about the death of Toonami and your rants about advertising and television that went for an hour. One, It's not the advertising agencies or agents who are responsible for the quantity of ads on TV. It's the station and programming executives who decide to cut more time from your entertainment and devote it to ads, since that's where the largest portion of their revenue comes from. Especially on cable channels like Sci-Fi, who now run a lot of in-show advertising for their own programs because they don't want to miss out on potential revenue by advertising their own content with a normal ad. This revenue stream is incredibly important because they're not earning top-tier ad dollars due to the limited viewership they received. 2. Toonami died for the same reasons the anime industry itself is struggling, exorbitant licensing costs from Japanese creators. I thought we said this. When Toonami first started airing anime, the channel did not have much in-house content to put on the air. Anime was a godsend because it differentiated Cartoon Network from the competition and drew kids to the channel. Hence the reason anime became so prevalent on other channels, who were now forced to adapt to the new fad, though not always with success escaflowne as popular as it was with otaku was not meant to be aired on early sunday mornings on fox it was also not meant to be aired completely cut up and terrible and i'm not even going to go into that however the cost of purchasing the tv license for these shows is not cheap and due to the myriad number of licenses for each show games toys and other merchandise more often than not these channels had no claim to any other revenue for the shows i could swear i said all this with in-house content they own all the rights or at least get a cut from them, and it's probably more profitable for them to run their own shows than license more anime.
1: We Car- said that, didn't we?
0: Yeah, we did. Cartoon <laughs> Network pushed anime <laughs> to the side because the money just wasn't there. I'm sure if the Japanese were more willing to work with their American counterparts, when it came to dollars and cents, anime might have a healthier presence on TV. Three, there is a way for the anime industry to get through to the Japanese, and it's the same method the American movie and music industry is used to deal with industry-wide issues. Form and association. The American industry needs to form some sort of American Anime Association or something that doesn't infringe on the existing AAA anime copyright to deal with the issue of licensing and distribution in the marketplace. I think the Japanese aren't willing to budge on this issue because they don't have much incentive to. Once the licensing deal is made, that's about all the money they're going to see from the U.S., except for Bandai and Viz. Besides, if one distributor takes a stand against these costs, there's another company waiting in the wings to pick it up. If the American companies can speak with one voice on these topics, the Japanese might be more inclined to take a look at their own practices when looking at the American market. I believe that while there is a fear that the Japanese will just shut off exportation if it becomes too unprofitable, the dream of cracking the U.S. markets is too tempting for the Japanese to just give up on. Maybe the Americans could offer more royalties and volume-based incentives in return for lower initial licensing costs. While there's a very incestuous relationship in some of the larger companies – Viz being the primary example – they are still an American company and capable of joining such a group, specifically because Viz has a particular need when it comes to tackling the issue of anime on TV, since that's the target medium for the shows that they sell. Anime is in such a bind, because using DVD sales as the base of their profitability is a flawed business model. There just aren't enough consumers willing to shell out 50 bucks plus on a TV series sight unseen. I believe that the American TV executives are wrong when it comes to the failing profitability of anime, especially when they're not willing to give the shows they do license a real chance to succeed in a reasonable time slot. The sheer amount of con attendees and anime downloads show that there is a market, and it can grow. They just can't be relied upon to purchase the home videos. They can be relied upon to make crappy sen AMVs. I'll leave it at that, since everything you said we either said already ourselves or agree with, so what other emails do we have?
1: (laughs) Well, speaking of uh, I guess anime and distribution and all that, we've got an email here by Justin and it says, "Yo, Hulu meets mass anime." And it's just very short. He says, "Hey everyone at Anime World Order. I just wanted to tell you about all of the anime that hulu.com is now hosting. They have all the episodes of Mushishi, Death Note, Blue Gender, Speed Racer, Ikitosen, XXX, uh, it's just holic, 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 just holic." Mr. Stain on Junk Alley, and Astro Boy 2003, and most of Naruto and Bleach. Uh, Actually, I think they only have, like, 20-some episodes of Bleach on there. Some of it's a mix of Sub and Dubbed. Can't wait for the next show. Love hearing about all the older anime.
2: They also do not actually have all of Mushishi. Currently, they have 18 episodes up out of, Mm -hmm. I believe, 26. But previously, they had about 12 or so, and then they did put up another group of episodes. So hopefully... Before too much longer, they'll put up the last chunk and get them all up there.
1: I'm really hoping that this works out, because I like the idea of what Hulu is. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of anime up there, and you can watch 23 or so episodes of Bleach, all subtitled for free, whenever you want.
2: There is advertising, but it's really minimal. It's like three advertisements per show.
0: Yeah, and they're each very, very short.
2: It's 30
1: seconds in the beginning, 30 seconds in certain points in the show, and then 30 seconds at the end or something. That is acceptable. I was mm -hmm.
0: listening to the Anime Today podcast, they actually had Justin Sivekas on again, and he was saying that he wasn't sure if Hulu was really going to be the anime solution for this sort of thing, just because it has everything, and it's more tailored to like the general TV-watching audience. They might happen to catch the anime episodes out of curiosity, Mm -hmm. but... The anime fans specifically might want something a little more tailored to anime fan tastes, and he's kind of hoping that the A and N videos will become that at some point. I don't know what you think about that. I mean, on the one hand, it's (laughs) kind of good to have the anime sites for just anime, but on the other hand, the point of having the anime on TV is so the people who wouldn't ordinarily be watching anime could get that chance to see it.
2: And I mean, if the shows are there, what does it matter if the site is a specifically anime site. I guess
0: it's the, the use of being able to choose between sub and dub and stuff like that that anime fans right. like.
1: That would be nice.
2: They're trying to do that on Hulu when they can get rights for the subtitled versions. Like Mushishi right now only has dubbed because mm-hmm. I guess that's what they have the rights from right now for Funimation. On some, they do have subtitled available. So it, it's kind of on a show-to-show basis. I agree. I would like for all of them to have both subbed and dubbed available so that everybody can be happy with whatever they prefer. One thing that I do want to point out, which is cool, the brand new Gainax show, Shikabane Hime, there's two episodes up on Hulu. Hmm. So, and that like just started in Japan. It's brand new. So they don't have a lot of like super brand new stuff up, but it looks like they're actually getting at least something almost simultaneously with Japan. So that's really good if they can do more of that i think that'll be awesome
1: i like the idea that i can watch speed racer in one click and then two clicks later i can watch hercules in new york <laughs> on the same yeah. same place unfortunately it is not the hercules in new york with the original soundtrack of arnold That's with his very only very thick the one
0: i've got is the real hercules <laughs> in new york
1: yeah with this very thick austrian accent that is unfortunate but where do people watch most anime now youtube
0: mhm youtube has everything
1: YouTube has everything. It's not geared towards anybody. Except
0: episodes of The Daily Show, because The Daily Show is on its own site. And mm-hmm. MTV just put up MTVMusicVideos.com. Every single music video in the MTV archive is on there. Of course, number one top rated is Rick Astley, never going to give you up. <laughs>
1: This gave me the opportunity to watch Tom Petty's "Don't Come Around Here No More," which I watched when I was like six or something. I was in the room while my sister was watching it, and it gave me nightmares for years. I told Misha <laughs> about
0: it. The very first thing really? he went for was "Holy Diver" by Dio or Ronnie yes. James Dio. Max Dunn will have me if I don't say nice. his full name every single time. And it just man, that Dio is one ugly man. I mean, it
1: bears repeating. Joel <laughs> White always
0: points it out. Damn,
2: son. Yeah. Yeah, he's not very attractive, but he's better looking than Lemmy from Motorhead.
1: And Lemmy gets lots and lots of women. So, what does that tell you? Smoking
0: (laughs)
2: yams.
1: But yeah, Hulu, if you haven't checked it out yet, check it out. It's actually, I mean, yes, it's started by, you know, big corporations and all that, woohoo, whatever. There's no sign-up that's necessary. The ads are very minimal, and it's actually pretty good.
2: And you can watch it in 480p. Yeah. So the quality is pretty good.
1: Multiple full movies, lots of full movies. You can watch like all of Family God if you want to on there or mm-hmm. something. That's a movie. Yeah.
2: Anyway, sure. what
0: other emails do we have?
2: <laughs> Alright. We have one from Taiji Inoue. Yes. Says Hello AWO once again. I was wondering if you guys are into figures and toys. Since Clarissa doesn't want to appear in a photo, I was wondering if you guys could take pictures of some of the anime-related merchandise you guys have. Your prized possessions, maybe. That, or maybe your computer desks from which you make the show. Funny that since I'm a new listener, I had no idea you guys don't record the show all together in one place. I noticed through the initial shows, I started to listen to the podcast in chronological order. I really enjoyed the shows with Patrick Messias, Mike Toole, and Tim Eldred, uh, sorry for the honesty, but episode 13 was horrible. I'm not sure if he's talking about the audio quality, which I'm was awful. I'm pretty sure he was, awful.
0: because we did put a note on that one where we said, uh, yeah, the levels on this one are all screwed yeah. up.
2: Because I think we reviewed some pretty good stuff. Yeah, I, I reviewed Pluto, and we had... And I did Eroica.
1: One of the last creator segments, and people ask why we yeah. don't do those anymore. Those are a lot of work.
2: Yeah.
0: I think we kind of encapsulate the creator spotlight idea just when we talk about any topic in general like we say it's by so-and-so mm-hmm. and we just kind of run down who they are
1: yeah yeah i do like when we did shoji kawamori when we could talk about you know how he was a really awesome guy who should only <laughs> do mech designs yeah, yeah. never be allowed to do anything that in else in the
0: macross frontier podcast on destroy All podcast dx and then also not my brightest hour the mistakes of youth podcast with wild arms hero also on Macross Frontier, you can compare and contrast <laughs> the discourse that went down.
2: Was Was the Mistakes of Youth one just an argument about Ronka? I, I didn't get a chance
0: to listen to <laughs> it. It was not. I will link uh-huh. it on the website when and if I remember to do so uh-huh. a month after we record this, which is when this will get posted due to <laughs> right. the editing.
2: So he continues on to say, finally got to watch some shows recommended by Gerald. I really, really enjoyed Project Echo, but not the Versus OAVs. What the fuck happened?
1: I said those were bad. Uh, Megazone... Nothing, now it's the problem. Yeah.
2: Megazone 2 3 was interesting. I didn't like it, but it's definitely one that could be labeled watch this at least once in your lifetime. Zepang was painful to watch, such a boring way to tell a story. The use of CG will make this look horrible in a couple of years, in my opinion. War is something handled much better through live action. Now and then here and there, and Grave of the Fireflies may be good, but they're still far from the best live action depictions. On this specific case, I'd much rather recommend Das Boot or Apocalypse Now. Keep up the great content. Inoue Taiji. So, as to figures, I've spent way too much money. On figures, I actually had to put a moratorium right now on figure purchasing, even though I did pre-order the Yoko Nendoroid and an free Kabute Gachapon set. I know Gerald and I have a lot. Daryl, I understand, has quite a lot of model kits that he never puts together. Yeah, I've got a closet full. I also have a lot of model kits that I have never put together, but... I used to buy
0: action figures. Gerald is more into buying the statue sort of mm-hmm. vinyl kit kind of ones. I used to have action figures. Most of them, even if they were like really expensive ones, they're all like in a garbage bag and loose in pieces. It's like if you're six years old, it's like, screw it, these are action figures. And so <laughs> I have no place to, to put action figures at all in where I live. So I haven't right. been buying anymore and I stopped buying model kits because, again, I have way too many that are very expensive that I've yet to even open. It's more like you take it out of the box and you look at the manual, it's in color, and you look at the runners, and it's like, okay, and everything (laughs) goes back in the box and you never touch it ever again.
2: Yeah, I I keep going to buy, like, oh, sexy Gundam 00 plastic model kits, and, like, I wanted to get that Full Metal Panic. They finally put out a Full Metal Panic one. And then I'm like, no, I, I have all these sitting in my closet that I haven't made yet, including my perfect grade Shazable Zaku, which I should. I'm
1: still working on my Altasen just because I got to a step where the builders of this model are brilliant. It's an awesome model on, on every level <laughs> except for this one step, which is totally dumb.
2: Are you still doing that LED in the head? The LED in the head just God. doesn't fit.
1: <laughs> and the thing is, I can't get this thing to fit no matter what, and I think I just have to go out to Radio Shack and buy another LED that actually works, because the one that they included in the kit does not work.
2: I'm sure it has got
1: to fit.
0: They require you to carve the thing open and make your own
2: LED customization
1: it must fit, so it will somehow. fit inside. I don't know. This thing does not fit in the head. I have sat and worked on this thing for like an hour trying to squeeze it into the head.
2: I'm in progress on a Code Geass model kit, Did not have a a color of paint I needed, and then I got super busy and have not had a chance to work on it at all.
1: I really like working on my model kits. I just wish I had more time to do so.
0: That is the story of all of our lives, where we've got like these multiple hobbies, and it's kind of like a a champion bodybuilder. You have to take a lot of drugs to be a champion (laughs) bodybuilder. And you can't just take steroids. You have to cycle on steroids. Otherwise, they won't work anymore. And so... Our hobbies are the drug substitute. So you cycle on and off building models and then you switch from that to, okay, collect Dojinshi. Oh, play video games. And, you know, maybe (laughs) some things you, you just don't cycle off of. Like you're always watching anime as it comes out or, you know, you're always reading manga or, you know, whatever it is. And then eventually your tolerance to it builds up more and more and more. And you need like some more concentrated form of anime or some more terrifying doujinshi, to get the same high. And that's who we are on this show.
1: <laughs> I don't know how those people who have got so many different hobbies can entertain them. I do not understand.
2: Yeah, well, that's going to be the big drawback to doing grad school. It's like, yeah, it's all great that I can take courses for free, but I have to work full time and then take the courses on top of that. How am I going to like do the magazine and this podcast and keep up with things and actually do any fun things what I then These jobs
0: in. are holding us down. Verses. They're I know. keeping us from doing important shit. It's like if only I could just
2: Win the lottery.
0: Not work while at work, everything would be great. <laughs> yep. But no, uh, they apparently don't seem to like it if you are sitting there with a DS in your hand <laughs>
2: but <I'm> reading manga. <laughs>
0: reading no. manga it's like hey how come the so-and-so report isn't done oh, just shut up i'm trying to solve apollo justice's case five
2: you <laughs> could get a job working at a toll booth and then yes. you would have nothing to do except sit there all day and take change from people occasionally and then you could probably play ds or read manga i don't know i think there. you're a
0: government employee and they got like standards to maintain <laughs> have you ever seen a toll worker <laughs> with a ds in their hand
1: well, aren't they usually, like, 50? Usually the toll workers I see are really old and very angry. Yeah, so Angry that they have to be
0: in a toll booth all the time.
1: <laughs> we, we do have a friend, though, who did work, I think, the graveyard shift at a uh, convenience store in the middle of nowhere. I think his store yeah. was robbed every week. <laughs> yeah. If you play your DS, you, you're likely to get it stolen from you.
2: I had a friend who also worked at a convenience store and worked nights. He uh, was not in the middle of nowhere... I believe his store only got robbed once, though.
1: Was he in it at the time?
2: He was, but he was in the back, so he didn't see anything that happened.
1: Did he, like, jump out and ninja-kick the guy that was trying to rob the store, and then try to suplex him, and then hurt his back, and then the guy just...
0: Had to get on workers' comp. No,
2: but he does work in a prison now, so he probably beats up prisoners.
0: Correctional officer and lawyer are, like, the highest suicide rate professions. The third (laughs) highest suicide rate profession is actually anime news podcaster. (laughs)
1: It would be, but it's not a profession. You can't make your money off of it. I was going to say, are we
2: safe because it's not a profession? No, I'm just saying specifically
0: doing the news part.
1: Oh.
2: Therefore, we should
0: start with that right now-ish.
2: Let's news. working to restore power...
1: It's been a while, but this time we've got the news. We're going to start with probably the cleanest news that we've got this week. Funimation is talking about their revenue stream, and this is normally not especially interesting. But what is important is uh, Funimation was bought by the company Navarre.
0: That was a while ago, right?
1: This is a while ago, mm-hmm. yeah. Apparently... They made around $170.3 million, and this is compared to $143 million. The notable thing about this is that the CEO of Navarre, Gary Deacon, said that there were significant increases in sales of anime content.
0: Now, when was this for? Second quarter?
1: Second quarter, 2008. This is interesting because it kind of flies in the face of everything that we've been hearing about yeah. anime. And it's, they've been trying to trying to find new sort of distribution methods for their stuff. Mm-hmm. They're talking about in the article how uh, Hellsing Ultimate and Devil May Cry, they were trying to push stuff up onto YouTube and Juiced, iTunes and such. I believe they've got a bunch of stuff on Hulu as well. Right.
0: you got to remember, Funimation is now one-third of the entire American anime market between getting all... The genion stuff and getting all the so well, most all the Sojits titles that ADD mm-hmm. lost, that's a whole lot that Funimation controls. And I actually, I have the charts for, like, what were the top-selling anime for second quarter 2008. Of course, number one, there's no question what that was. You can tell what that is, right?
1: Second quarter 2008?
0: Yeah, or for the year. It's going to be the top-selling anime for the year, like, obviously. What, Guren Logan? The answer is Batman Gotham Knight.
1: Oh. Is the top-selling anime title. Oh, yeah.
2: Actually, that makes sense, yeah.
1: It makes sense. I I guess I wouldn't have guessed it.
0: Yeah, and then uh, number two is Dragon Ball Z. You know, the latest Dragon Ball Z set came out, so then there's that. Right. Then Naruto, the latest Naruto set. Then number four is Death Note. Five is Pokemon, still.
2: Wow.
1: So it's largely Funimation stuff in the top.
0: Yep, because then six is uh, Afro Samurai, also Funimation. Uh Part two comes out in January. Devil May Cry, which is Funimation now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vexiel, Funimation again. Appleseed X Machina is Warner Brothers. Bleach is at 10. And then 11 through 14 are all Funimation. Witchblade, Shin-Chan, One Piece, Full Metal Alchemist.
1: Shin-Chan is that high up, wow.
0: 15 is is still Advent Children after all these years. Then again, more Funimation. Aquarion, Black Blood Brothers, of all things. And then there's Holic, Tsubasa, Black Cat. People actually bought that. Second Raid. Also, Full Metal Panic. And then 25th is the Guren Lagan, the wow. sub-only
1: one. In if we're getting down into the 25th best-selling anime title, Not we're probably really getting down into, high. like, you sold 100 copies.
2: <laughs> I am really surprised that Guren Lagan is that low.
0: Well, remember, these were the subtitled-only ones that they put out, and hmm. the TV broadcast didn't start until the quarter afterwards. Right. But yeah, I mean, for all the publicity that they said, for, oh, we're going to put out these subtitled ones quick so that the fans who want the subtitled ones and want it quick can get it i don't know if that means enough people bought it or what well i probably is okay the thing I is
2: i i didn't really get to look at it very much because i think at the time i wasn't really buying a lot of stuff i was already buying too many other things or or whatever i do remember hearing that maybe the subtitles on that release weren't very good
1: uh so. yeah i haven't seen them either but anyway, yeah. I think a lot of that might have had to do with they were saying that they were going to put out another disc that had more extras in it later. And that maybe too. a lot well, of people right. were kind of sitting around. More. Yeah. It, it'll cost more. This is two or three months you have to wait for a disc that's got the same stuff, and it's got more than the other, other release. Again, so. though,
0: remember the point of that old release was mm-hmm. for quick. people who just want it quick and mm-hmm. cheap and they don't care about the dub and they don't care about that other yeah. stuff. That was the idea of it. But yeah, I mean, as you look at this list, I mean, it's the top 25 and Funimation's got something like 14 out of that 25.
1: The anime industry is turning into the banking industry as it is in America, where all these big banks are buying up all these smaller banks, and it seems like we're going to end up with two or three gigantic anime companies. What's the anime
0: industry equivalent of the credit default swap? (laughs) Deals with Crunchyroll?
1: (laughs) Probably, yes. (laughs) That's something that's going to bite everyone in the ass at some point. Uh, I don't know, but
2: uh, yeah. Maybe. I, I don't know, but...
1: I hope that they go more to Hulu than Crunchyroll, because Crunchyroll is run by shiesty people. Anyway, on
0: to... More shiesty people.
1: Yeah, <laughs> very shiesty people. Oh my god. The rest of the news this week is just really filthy, but uh, <laughs> we're going to go with it anyway. This has been passed around the internet a whole lot. Pertinent, especially for Daryl's sake. This is an otaku petition... That has been put out there to allow my people. people to legally marry 2D characters.
2: How does that even work? How does a 2D a fictional character, character give cannot enter into a contract? Yeah, which is marriage what is if a they contract. Said no.
0: Well,
2: they, they <laughs> can't. They can't say no or yes. And how do you deal with? Are multiple people allowed to marry the same fictional character?
0: You're going to have the answer. So are you answer. allowing polygamy? You're gonna have the answer once I do my review because that's what it's about. <laughs> oh, God. It reminds me of the anime otaku kin people who they all argue yes. over who's really Kenshin. Oh and, God! And, and then they all like agree that it's you know you can have Earth 51's Kenshin and I can have the Crime Syndicate Association Kenshin or whatever it is that they right. internally work out amongst themselves. Maybe it's how the anime marriage works.
2: It's all these people that make me so fucking angry. Because you have all these people that are out there, like... If
0: you let the gays trying- marry, yeah, you're people- going to let them start animating character <laughs> marriage. It'll happen next. It's going to open uh-huh. the floodgates.
2: Like, I mean, I don't know. It just infuriates me that it's people who are gay who are trying to marry other actual human beings are, you know, fighting for this. And then otaku are coming along and whining about wanting to marry fictional characters. Like, Seriously?
1: To be honest, though, I think the gays are far closer to getting what they want than the otaku are. Because this is in fact so. an oh, online an online petition. And online petitions, as far as we can tell, have never done anything ever.
0: <laughs> yeah. They did get "I'm the Juggernaut, bitch" into X Men Three: The Last Stand.
2: Uh, that was
1: not a petition. That was just okay. So the they've never happening. done anything good. Yes. Well, I can't think of an anime petition specifically that has ever... Yeah, I don't think they've ever gotten
0: anything good ever. I mean, that movie Serenity got made, so that can't possibly be good.
1: And the petition comes with the following, and this is so just typical, like, otaku gibberish. It's
0: not gibberish. It's what we thrive on. It's our lifeblood. Read it.
1: We don't have interest in the 3D world. If possible, I want to become the husband of a two D character. Does not look like this matter can be solved with today's science and technology, so at least make it legal to marry a two D character. This is obviously like directly translated from the petition. If this law is passed, then I want to marry Asahina Mikru. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, Why doesn't Patrick go to Japan and do a story on these people? Because like, he's like, too Oh my scared. god.
2: I, I can't wrap my brain around this like they're a fictional character. What is What difference does it make? You still can't actually be
1: with them. Yes, you can. You can get a hug pillow.
2: Not yet.
0: Not until science comes through. (laughs) You can get yourself a plastic PVC molded faux child vagina. And
2: oh. And go to town. Oh.
1: (laughs) But (laughs) look, look, they did it in Doro.
2: If the otaku are all about, oh, we're, you know. Social outcasts, we're not like other people, and they want to be different and be like, you know, yeah, we don't care about the 3D world. Why do they care about being married?
0: DNA hard-coded imperatives. Again, I'll have all the answers (laughs) in my manga review
1: (laughs) this week. So, yeah, from one shiesty thing to another.
2: I fucking hate people.
0: (laughs) You're in this with us.
2: I'm not trying to get it legally passed that I can marry Blackjack, okay?
0: Not openly
1: (laughs) (laughs) but if you could you would now this is again going to murky territory here but we'll go right ahead the Japanese parliament hosts rival adult anime petitions there are apparently two petitions going on one is decrying the I'm reading this right from anime news network it's decrying the effects of the genre on society and the other is asking for illustrations to be exempt from the proposed child pornography ban
0: slightly trickier topic Yeah. Yeah.
1: Munayaki Murai of the Opposition Democratic Party of Japan introduced the petition to enact legislation restricting the production and sale of Bishojo adult anime magazines and Bishojo adult anime simulation games. That's the name of the entire petition. This is kind of a a tricky area to even talk about, really.
2: Yeah. I don't know, is it really big enough of a thing that it makes that much of a difference? Outside of the otaku.
1: In my world, it's a big
0: deal.
2: Otaku are such a small subset of the population. I don't know. I like think really? now
0: that the Prime Minister is their Manchurian candidate for the otaku, <laughs> this is what's going to be all, all over the diet schedule. Right. We're going to have to
1: review Rosen Maiden at some point then to see what the Prime Minister of Japan sees. Sounds like you so... just
0: volunteered.
1: I did not.
2: Woohoo! Go Gerald. Okay, fine. Yeah. No. You... <laughs> like, if you're not going to do Kyokara Mao, you can yeah. at least do Rosen Maiden.
0: Rosen Maiden. It's about Hikikomori oh. and his oh, doll boy. collection.
1: Oh that the Dojinchi
0: lets you have sex
1: with. Dojinchi. There we go. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. I
0: think you were even wearing a goth lowly frill (laughs) the last time I saw you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And Daryl was wearing a really uh, cool wig.
0: (laughs) It was a wig I found in a closet and a gun.
1: I was dressed as a French policeman, thank you very much. Well at least. Only after you stole
2: Officer Jenny's hat.
1: I molded into a French policeman as the night went on, but maybe photographs will come up with this. Maybe not.
0: But yeah, like the, the argument here is of, it's been argued constantly a lot of times when they go into pornography bans and they say, oh, what's the justification for this ban? Oh, it's because it causes harm, like child pornography right. is illegal because you're harming a child. Okay, right, because well, children can't meaningfully consent. Right, they can't give consent. Yeah. And, and also biological stuff, you know, whatever. But legally, they cannot consent to doing that. Therefore, it's illegal. For artwork and stuff like that, the argument is put forth like, well, technically, no physical child is being harmed, right. and so is this harming anyone? And then the answer varies. I mean, it's a court matter. It's not fully settled, but on yeah. one side, there's you know some people who are saying, well, okay, no, it's, it's art. It's just an expression of something. And the other side is saying, who other than pedophiles wants to actually look at that? The brass-eye Christopher Morris approach of Alright, is this child pornography and then, like, take a, a naked woman's body and put a kid on it? Or have, like, a, a giant ten-foot penis with, like, a little boy at, at the edge. It's like, is that obscene? Yes or no? Is that art? Oh, we'll just tear this up then. That's, that's what you get into. It's a very right. slippery slope sort of thing. But from the, uh, the otaku standpoint and the, the greater war, war never changes sort of position... There's not enough space or resources to go around as far as if all this stuff is getting made, then maybe they uh, would make one worthwhile thing. So if all this weird stuff wasn't being made, maybe it wouldn't result in an equivalent amount of good things being made, but maybe a few more would yeah, happen. Yeah, I think so people I don't would know have to would be buying
2: it. those other things in order yeah. for people to make them. And I just eventually
0: you have to just starve it out and be like, "Oh, this is the only thing you can get is volume 45 of tough. Sorry. <laughs> Rosen Maiden fans, <laughs> you're going to have to just get tough now.
2: And they'll uh, say sure,
0: eventually, if you uh, believe enough.
2: I don't know if that would happen, but...
0: One of these days. But yeah, does it say what was uh, the support breakdown for each of these, or were they both just tabled indefinitely?
1: I do not have the very recent news on it, because this is about seven days old.
2: Hmm.
1: No, they do not have the breakdown. Not yet. It's basically just gone to petitions, and these yeah. are not online petitions, these are actually, like real petitions that actually have an effect on things. So, on that subject, sort of... Man, we've got such disgusting news this week. (laughs) I hate talking about this stuff. But we have this Iowa collector is charged for allegedly obscene manga. This is, again, from Anime News Network and... This guy... I think the the
0: details of this story are kind of hilarious when you break it down.
1: This guy received a package of seven manga from the post office, and apparently these guys followed him home when he picked it up. They showed him a search warrant when they got to his house, and then they confiscated... Seven of his computers and 1,200 manga volumes, hundreds of DVDs, VHS tapes, laser discs. Yeah, seven computers and other materials.
2: Was this stuff he imported from overseas, or...?
1: The packages that were sent to him, it doesn't actually say that in the article. Because I'm trying it's to unclear. figure out, like, how they... I'm guessing that it was something that he imported, because that's probably the only reason that it got inspected.
2: Yeah, I mean, I should hope so, that a customs inspection...
1: Stuff that is sent just domestically is usually not inspected, unless, right. usually, while...
2: And so what, he had, like, lolly stuff in there?
1: Yes. Specifically, he's being charged with the depicts of a, of a minor engaging in sexually explicit conduct.
0: Yeah, he just he's just being charged for obscenity, is what you're saying.
1: Yes, he's being charged for obscenity, and now the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund has jumped to his aid, and
0: well, it's interesting good.
1: because the, the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund say that they have never had to jump to the help of a person who just owns something. Right,
0: usually the comic legal defense fund mm-hmm. comes in if a store yeah. is in a lawsuit.
1: Or it's an artist a- or something guy. that is creating something. Right. And now uh, this is just a guy that it owns something.
0: And so I, normally I would say the comic legal defense fund probably has better fights to fight than just a random guy, like one guy.
2: At the same time, if nobody challenges it now, they're gonna do it more. Yeah, I, I don't know, I mean, I think obscenity rulings are really shitty. It's very hard
0: to convict on obscenity. It's also which is good
2: because it's bullshit. It's so I don't know vague, if it's
0: bullshit. But it, it is kind of vague. It's one of those things that all the Supreme Court justices say it's hard to define what it is in words, but we know it when we see it. That's the only thing that ever really gets said on right. the books. Right, and regarding that's why I think is. it's
2: bullshit because there's no set standards. It's always up to discretion of whoever happens to be there at the moment. And there was a
1: very recently a case in Florida, actually, in Tampa of this porn producer you know Max, Hardcore. Oh, Max
2: Hardcore. Yeah.
1: yeah, I don't actually know what his real name is but he, this guy, he's just kind of known for being Yeah, he, well he's a shitty, shitty dude shitty, shitty guy. He is! He, substandard and he product.
2: Makes, he makes horrible porn, but I don't know if I'm really comfortable with the fact that he's been arrested on You can get in the jail for the crime of making obscenity.
0: substandard porn. That's fine.
1: I mean, obviously, it, it's kind of a weird issue and I don't believe that there has been an Update on this. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's a really sticky issue. Like for me, sticky. like I'm yes, a, it is. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm a pretty serious First Amendment. Kind consumer of person. Oh, okay. It's kind of troubling for me. Even though Max Hardcore's stuff was really awful and he was a shitty person, and even though obviously stuff like Loli and Shoda, it's hard to say that it's not creepy. But at the same time, these kind of vague obscenity standards that can just be left up to whoever's discretion, I really don't like to see people get in trouble for that. I feel like there should be some kind of firmer standards for where you draw the line and that there should be some kind of harm or something that you can demonstrate. Because I'm no just... no one's actually hurt For them. me, the worry is that if you just have this vague obscenity thing and then you have these examples of people that... ...can be caught with that, at the moment, it might be Max Hardcore, and it might be the guy with the lowly doujins.
1: How long until we are no longer allowed to buy midget shitting porn anymore?
2: And then
0: Seriously. what will happen?
2: How
1: long exactly. until, you know,
2: people are arrested for regular pornography? You know, I, I don't I really mean, think
0: that's something that will result from this. No, I think no. This I, is, I'm guessing nothing is going to happen. I mean, at the same time, probably. if I were to meet this 38-year-old man with his thousands of lowly porn doujin, I would not speak to him at the anime convention. Yeah. In fact, I would take a picture of him and post it on the internet as and part of the second And that is
2: perfectly fine. However,
0: I know. don't know if I would lock him in the jail for 20 years Right. for and having yeah. comic books. And even that's if they're shitty of, comic books.
2: Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of... I'm just oh, saying that
0: it. once I take over, he's gone in the first wave. Until that <laughs> time, I think the comic book legal defense fund yeah. has not enough money as it stands. Yeah. And so it, probably it may not be an games.
2: issue because I know that they've tried before to pass laws that included illustrated material in child pornography bans. I believe the one previous time they tried to do that, it was overturned by the Supreme Court and they did rule that you can't demonstrate any harm as long as they can't demonstrate that a real child was used in the development like as a model or something, that they can't demonstrate any substantive harm that's been done. I'm trying to remember the name Just of the Just you
0: wait until the precogs the case figure out ruling. thought crime standards and Tom Cruise is gonna not be able to save the day I mean, and he'll then he'll be able the to these people through the window. Their, yeah, their manga yeah. collection.
2: We'll all be defenestrated.
1: The eternal question of, you know, if I don't like it, should we make it illegal? I say right.
0: yes, but only if the I in that is not a rhetorical <laughs> I, but specifically <laughs> me. Right, right.
1: <laughs> do we have any other news that is actually not about <laughs> disgusting things? I
2: don't know, do we? <laughs> there is a blog for Halloween that put up the whole Blackjack manga story with uh, Pinocchio's origin, but that is actually kind of disgusting.
0: Yeah, that was actually so. <laughs> printed in the Viz compilations, too. Yeah. And I think it's even in the Blackjack ones that Vertical put out. They sent me Volume yeah. 2, and I haven't finished it yet. Yeah, it's
2: in Volume 1. Yeah, yeah, I remember
0: it was like the second chapter or something like that. I, don't I thought remember.
2: Volume 2 wasn't out till November.
0: Vertical sends me the ones so I can review them for like Uh either magazine or whatever. They don't send me the hardcover one, so I still go out and get it.
1: It's incredibly awful for me because I went to a comic book store and specifically put down $10 for my Blackjack hardcover edition. And I haven't gotten it yet. And I went to the store and I asked them about it and they lost my pre-order and they don't know where it is. And they didn't give you
0: a receipt because it's a comic book store.
1: They didn't give me a receipt or anything and so now...
0: So now you just don't shop there anymore except it's the only comic book store around.
1: Comic book stores fucking suck. Which, so, wait, which store
2: did you go to?
1: Bad Apple Comics. Oh. Oh,
0: wow, usually they're pretty good.
2: I usually go to Coliseum, and I generally don't have any problems.
1: Now, I'm probably never going to get that hardcover edition blackjack, and I'm probably out $10, too.
2: <laughs> you should still be able to order it from, like, Mile High Comics or something online.
1: I'll have to check, but I really wish that these these hardcover editions were not restricted to just comic book stores. Yeah,
2: I... it's it's annoying. Yeah, Well, there's only, like, three or four of them that they're going to be doing, so...
1: Right. That is all of the filthy news that we have there. As a side note, ADV is going to be creating another sort of side company, but we're not really going to talk about that a whole lot, because the side company is basically just there to distribute live-action material.
0: Hmm. Probably also founded from John Ledford's room in his house.
1: (laughs) Right. So, that is beyond the scope of this podcast, but I guess it just shows that in order to survive in this market, you really have to...
0: Anime isn't enough for most people. Like, Funimation, they don't just Mm -hmm. sell anime under the... Like, BCI Navari. there's a big company, they sell all kinds of DVDs. Mm -hmm. And Media Blasters, most of their money comes from Tokyo Shock, all that crazy Japanese... And Italian and horror like movies yeah. and stuff. That's where most of Media Blaster's money comes from. And the foreign. anime is just like a side thing, and the ADV is gonna have to follow suit.
1: CPM, I don't know what, they, <laughs> what they're doing now. That's about it.
2: Do you hate being the last to know all about the latest releases in anime, J-drama, and J-music? Well, so do we. Here at Wea Boobies, a different kind of anime podcast, we love turning your fandom into our joke. That is, months after it was actually popular. So make sure you tune in at www.bumbleberry.org. And I think I speak for everyone when I say this podcast deserves two thumbs up. And by the way, those thumbs, they're up her butt. (laughs) Oh, Wea Boobies, where your fandom is our joke.
1: One of the really great things about Tezuka, when you take a long look at all of the works and the variety of things that he came out with, sort of like Stanley Kubrick, Tezuka seemed to really want to involve himself in as many different genres as possible. Even straight-up pornography, sort of like Stanley Kubrick as well. Now, one genre that Tezuka tackled at times, that was uh, dealing with the world of ghosts and the supernatural, as well as more traditional samurai tales which brings me to one of his most well-known works this is the 1968 three-volume manga series Dororo
0: well known in Japan anyway
1: i mean it's not as well known as say blackjack or astro boy but it's something that a lot of people who are aware of Tezuka would know of and even more so now because dororo had a 26-episode TV series done in the uh, late 60s by... This was by Gisaburo Sugi, more recently Night did... the
0: Galactic Railroad and the uh, Street Fighter yes. movie, <laughs> that guy.
1: <laughs> he is all over the place. And uh, they also released a video game of it. It was released over here as uh, Blood Will Tell. There was also a movie released last year called Dororo. Live-action movies. Live-action movie, yes. But anyway, Dororo is not really about the character Dororo, although... One of the main characters in the manga Doro is, in fact, a kid named Doro. The manga is much more about, and people remember it much more for, the other main character, a man named Hyakimaru. Hyakimaru means the Hundred Demon Sword. Now, the story behind Hyakimaru is that his father was this very, very evil warlord named Daigo Kagamitsu, who, like all warlords, demands much more power than he already has. So much so that he's even willing to sacrifice his newborn son. He sacrifices him to these 48 demons so that he can rule as much of Japan as possible and as a payment of sorts. The demons ask to take one body part from this newborn baby. So this baby is divided up. One takes a right leg, one demon takes a left leg, one demon takes the eyes or the spinal cord or the mouth or whatever. So they don't actually, like, kill the baby in the process. They just sort of take these parts.
2: Is it explained, like, how this kid is not dead because he has almost no body parts left? Mr. T, hell of a tough.
1: That's basically it. There's (laughs) a lot of things in this manga. Turns into
0: Daredevil. (laughs) That's the reason.
1: (laughs) This kind of made me wonder how many body parts do you actually need to survive? Well, I would imagine you
0: have to have a spinal cord. They didn't actually take his spinal (laughs) cord. He was just rifling off random organs. They
1: did take his spinal cord.
0: You cannot do anything without the spinal cord. No, they took his spinal Um, cord. Maybe they took the bones. Maybe they took his vertebrae.
1: They specifically say in the manga that this thing in my back is actually something that my father built for me. I don't actually have a spinal cord. The thing is is that you can't question the logic of Dororo too much. (laughs) Otherwise, if you do, you're going to get angry. So it's like Blackjack,
2: where it's like, just kind of, things are really crazy.
1: Yes, you kind of have to accept that. But anyway, yeah, Daigo Kagamitsu has now completely deformed his son. There's virtually nothing left of this baby that resembles a human. So he forces his poor wife to do what any demon warlord would do, and he puts his baby in a reed basket and sends it down the river to fend for itself. I was pretty
0: sure he just ordered her to dispose of the baby, like, okay, kill it now, but she didn't have the heart to do that. Yeah, she... so she did that instead.
1: She didn't really want to kill the baby, but the father did say, just get rid of it. Thankfully, Hyakimaru the baby was picked up by this doctor.
2: Was it Blackjack? (laughs) no. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) I don't think Blackjack
0: actually existed at the time Dororo was
2: created. That's true, actually. Blackjack was like 73 or something like that.
1: Yeah, this is 68, 68, so... Believe it or not, Astro Boy does not make an appearance either, although that would have not been unusual for this manga. Anyway, this doctor looks at this baby, and basically this baby... It's almost like some sort of, like, tapeworm, almost. Because, I mean, it's just basically a head with, you know, a massive muscle underneath it, and it just sort of flops around, and there are some holes in this head. And this doctor just decides that, you know, if this baby can make it through the night, he will care for it, and he will work with it. Amazingly enough, this baby is able to make it through the night and even find food. What? Well, the thing is that there's, like, a bowl of food left out. That the doctor left out and the baby is able to make it over to this food and eat this food. And so this doctor's wondering, you know, hmm, does this baby have, like, some supernatural powers that it doesn't have, like, any sensory yeah. organs of any sort? Yeah, like,
0: he's got some sort of ESP as a result of the idea, like, oh, when they say blind people, when they lose their sight, their <clears> hearing <throat> gets better. <clears throat> well, the greater extent of this is, like, you lose this much of your body and your brain is still intact. Yeah. So you can sense things.
1: It goes even further than that. In order to talk to people, Hyakimaru actually now is just able to talk telepathically with people. Mm. Just as, you know, these other powers that it gains from losing all of these other other senses. The doctor sort of takes to Hyakimaru and teaches him the ways of the world and sort of fashions for him when he's young a prosthetic body. This includes prosthetic eyes and ears and everything just to make him appear like a regular boy. As he grows older, he gets more body parts and the doctor sort of teaches him how to move his mouth when he speaks so that it seems like his mouth is talking. And eventually, as the boy gets older, the adopted father ends up getting attacked by demons constantly. Hmm. Yeah, apparently demons are sort of messing up the lives of Hyakimaru and this doctor. And so Hyakimaru decides that it's time for him to go out into the world. And so this doctor decides to fashion for him a whole bunch of new prosthetics. Most notably, and most awesomely as well, he decides to put two swords in both of his arms, and cover them with regular-looking arms.
2: Oh, so it's like the gun arm, but instead of a gun, he's got swords. Yes.
0: Okay. When I wrote about it in Otaku USA, I sort of drew comparisons to Berserk and also to Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. The idea of, like, oh, he's branded by the demons, and the demons are always coming after him, and got, like, weapons in his or to replace missing parts, that sort yeah. of thing.
1: He's actually got a gun in his, in his legs, but, uh, yeah, his arms are just swords. I guess that's a little better
2: than Astro Boy when you have guns in your ass.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and how a lot of the new ones just decide to ignore that.
2: Yeah, well, I don't blame them.
1: <laughs> but yeah, Along the way, Hyakimaru discovers that when he's able to destroy one of these demons, a specific body part then reappears on him. So well, Only
0: if it's one of the demons that took one of his missing body parts, that is. I mean, he's yes. always being plagued by demons, but if he can find one of the 48... Mm-hmm. If he manages to slay that demon, the body part that the demon took is restored yes. to him. Yes.
1: And it's kind of funny as well because sometimes his eyes will fall out and then suddenly, like, new eyes will grow in its place and then he'll suddenly, for the first time, see the entire world.
2: So, is it like a really gross series? Like, how Blackjack has all this surgery and things? Like No. No, no okay. not
1: really. There is actually surprisingly bloody fights in this manga. Mm. But my understanding was that this was essentially a children's manga. Right. Well, so
0: is yeah, I consider Blackjack, it a, a precursor <laughs> to Shonen, as it were, like the general Shonen outline. This was a little bit before Weekly Shonen actually mm-hmm. started, if I'm not mistaken. I think that started in '68. I could be wrong on that. But the general template, you can sort of see like the precursor for it in Dororo. So it's mainly action, it's not really like the graphic surgery depictions yeah. as you see in Blackjack. It's largely just like slashes the sword, right. and cuts like the okay. ghosts in he's half. He's talking or about
2: like body parts falling off and being replaced by yeah, well, ones. Well, again, so. the,
0: the things that fall off are effectively just mannequin parts. Yeah. yeah.
1: Early on, the titular character shows up. Hyakimaru meets this little boy named Dororo. And Dororo, the word, is kind of a childish way of saying dorobo, which means thief. And so Dororo is, considers himself, you know, one of the greatest thieves of Japan. Of course, he can't
0: actually steal things very well. <laughs>
1: no, he's not very good at it. He's very young, he's very childish. What's kind of weird is that he also speaks in a very modern dialect.
0: Right, like everyone else is speaking in that ancient Japan sort of way, and Doro's method of speaking is contemporary Japanese. Hmm. Yes, contemporary to, to
1: 1968. Like, yeah. he, calls, he calls Yakimaru bro all the time. So anyway, Dororo and Hyakimaru go off across the land, fighting off demons whenever they come across them in hopes of restoring his entire body. And there you have basically the layout of Dororo. I guess it's a very Tezuka manga, if that means anything, because things will just happen and people will just say things. For example, when Hyakimaru's adopted father explains what he is to him, he says, you're not like a normal person. In sci-fi terms, you'd be a mutant or a cyborg. (laughs)
2: In, like, feudal Japan, right?
1: Yes, in feudal Japan, and...
2: Because they read a lot of science fiction back then. Yeah,
1: it was very popular in the 1600s then. And I was saying, Dororo speaks with this very sort of modern slang, and there are a lot of these weird sort of anachronisms and and leaps of logic that if you think about it too much, you're not going to enjoy it. You just kind of have to let those things go. Like, one of the things that sort of bothered me a bit, and you can tell I was thinking too hard about it, was one of the coolest things that Hyakimaru can do, as I said before, was that his prosthetic arms come off, and now he's just got these two swords as arms, I should say. It's pretty clear that these are just solid pieces of metal. They just stick out of his shoulder. But once he puts his prosthetic arm back on, he can bend his arm normally. Hmm. You can't really think about it too much, because otherwise it's just going to annoy you, as well as... this is
0: like he can twitch certain muscles in his shoulder or something like that, and that translates to some sort of finger (laughs) movement or something like that. It's an extension of what happens with real prosthetic limbs taken that much more. I mean, Osamu Tezuka was a doctor. As we know with Blackjack it's realistic to a point, and then it's intentionally not.
1: He talks about how Hyakimaru can kind of sense the world around him, and essentially, if you didn't know that Hyakimaru was missing every single sensory organ on his body, there's no way that you would tell that he is missing anything, because he looks and he acts, and he's got basically all the abilities of anybody who's got all of these organs, probably even more so, because then he's got his, like, super abilities.
2: I hate to question Tezuka, but that almost feels like kind of a cop-out. If he's not any different because of not having these things. What's the point?
0: Of Of course, the same criticism is levied towards Daredevil. I mean, oh, he may as well not even be blind, because the rest of his senses are so acute that it doesn't even matter that he can't see anything, because he's got the radar from being able to hear things that he's effectively better than eyesight anyway. But at the same
2: time, in Daredevil, they do actually deal with the fact that he can't literally see. Like, he has an approximation of it with the sonar. I guess it does feel like it makes somewhat of a difference. But if you think about that taken so much farther, like, if he literally has no senses, like, he can't taste food, and he can't smell things, and, like, that is a lot to not be able Um, to experience.
0: Yakimaru can taste food and stuff like that. Oh, okay. At the start of the story... I'm thinking you're
2: gonna be a weird person if you can't experience any of those things. I'm sure whatever ESP he has... Let's him know what's around him, but it's not really the same thing, and I would think that that would make him kind of different. They sort
0: of get a- around some of that because the first time we see him, he just says, I've killed 13 of them already. Oh. <laughs> okay. And so they just, maybe that's a writer's shorthand to not have right, to right. address those questions. Maybe very young, he was able to kill some right. of these demons without that much difficulty, and so he's got the basic Mm. things down when we first see him.
1: But it's still not a whole lot. Like, he doesn't have his arms, he doesn't have his legs, his eyes, he doesn't have his ears, he doesn't have his nose. So I don't really know what those 13 things are that he has, but they don't seem to be... Maybe, like, like, some
2: internal organs and
1: stuff. Probably stuff like that. Unfortunately, the manga really doesn't address that stuff too much.
0: It's also only three volumes, and I believe it was never finished.
1: Yes, the ending of it... Oh, okay. I can't say that there's no conclusion to it, because... It's not like Inuyasha, that just the last episode was just another episode? It was just any other episode, and yeah. there's no resolution
0: whatsoever. And that yeah. made me really glad I've still never seen any episodes of Inuyasha.
2: Well, the manga didn't do that, right? It was just the anime.
0: The manga's ending was incredibly convoluted and ridiculous, and in its own way, non-resolution-wise. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but that's Takahashi right. for you.
1: Yeah, it does have a resolution of sorts okay but i wouldn't call it an ending mm. per se
0: kind of like berserk again like it's yeah. not like berserk,
1: well, berserk will just never with... end <laughs> no that, like that, the, the, manga. the problem with berserk is that that guy doesn't know what he wants to do yeah. as far as i can and tell he just worth has worth no ever him, every money.
2: chapter takes like five months for him to put out uh-huh. at least
0: you can see what he spent those five months drawing, drawing yeah. beautiful
2: naked shots of Griffith's Standing on and hilltops horses. and Lots of horses, horses. Yeah. in that
0: order.
1: It's not enough to just draw like a horse or two. He has to draw like an entire army. And then guts is horses. really
2: elaborate armor and retard casca drooling on things.
1: Yeah.
0: We but- call her simple casca, <laughs> like simple jack from Shop Thunder. Yeah,
2: all right, that works. <laughs>
0: I put that in the magazine, it better be there. But unfortunate thing about Doro is that there was a TV series, and this is an old TV series, Black Very old. That,
1: that was the, actually the first of the World Masterpiece Theater series. And right. it, that actually had a conclusion to it, and the movie has a conclusion as well, as does the video game.
0: Right. They had to make endings, <clears throat> because the manga did not complete itself. It does not end with slaying off 48 demons and getting revenge on his dad and living as a whole person happily ever after. That. We don't get to that mm. point.
1: There's one page at the very end of the manga that kind of talks a little bit about that. I don't know. Maybe Tezuka just got bored with this manga because it's not Tezuka, like, died after making this because he lived for another th- 25 years or so.
0: I think he might have just run into what a lot of modern shonen manga authors run into where do you take the story from here Uh i mean you know the general larger goal but filling in the gaps in between is tough like anyone who's been reading hunter hunter knows full well what i'm talking about because the author of that is just taking repeated sabbaticals oftentimes lasting many many years because he's written himself into a corner Uh (laughs) there's no way to adequately have these things start to happen so the way Doro works out is they're wandering and they, they usually they mm-hmm. encounter somebody. Like they get yeah. to town or they find some place that's got some sort of problem. Right. And they determine that the problem is being caused by yokai or demons or Mm -hmm. whatever you want to...
1: It's a very Fist of the North Star sort of setup. And yeah,
0: you have to design the demon and come up with, like, what does this demon do? What kind of problems does it cause for these people? And then how are you going to beat this guy? Yeah,
2: that's actually one of the things I always thought was interesting about, at least the manga, not the anime, but the manga for Cardcaptor Sakura, which was... Clamp basically was like, all right, there's all of these cards, and everybody knows the Sakura is going to go out and run into the card, and then have to figure out a way to beat it, and then she'll figure out how, and then she'll turn it into a card. So they just skipped most of the actual cards. They just kind of said, oh, yeah, Rather she got the." Rather oh, we can't come up with
0: 78 cards or however many yeah. are in that deck. Yeah. And they just said, oh, yeah, and she got these.
2: Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, the, the anime actually went through and did like every single one of them.
1: With the manga of Doro, when you meet Doro, as Daryl said, he fi- he's found like a bunch of these things already. And then
2: When Hyakimara meets Doro.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's when found Hyakimaru several
0: me- of the parts oh, already. Okay. Yeah,
1: he's gotcha. found a bunch of parts already. And then it them,
0: so to speak.
1: And then from there to the end of the manga, it doesn't really skip a whole lot. You don't read a chapter and then it says, several months Whoa, have passed. you've
0: got, you know, this now, right? Uh. Nothing like that.
1: It basically follows Hakimaru and Doro for a little over a year and gets these body parts and such, and then it just sort of stops right after that. Mm. As Daryl was saying, there are several multi-part series stories in it, but largely it's very independent. Tezuka doesn't really deal with the fact that in this previous chapter, Hyakimaru gained an army. He doesn't really deal with that a lot. And one of the things that sort of bothered me as I was reading Dororo was that in a lot of these fights that Hyakimaru gets into, he wins because someone was about to slash him and then he puts up his arm and then he slashes his prosthetic arm and he pulls this prosthetic arm off with a sword and then now Hiyokimaru's got a sword and he cuts the guy and so he wins because of all of these body parts that he's missing but now he's slowly gaining these body parts and one of the things that never really addressed is so, now does that put him at a disadvantage yeah like he's
2: going to be hoisted by his own petard now
0: right yeah. And, yeah. and that's part of probably why i suspect that it started to wind down because mm-hmm. maybe Tezuka realized just that been he was like oh crap regular <laughs> sword fights. Yeah, And it would have been yeah. not the hook that Tezka had probably envisioned right. for it. Like, oh, the guy, and he's got all these weapons on yeah. him now. As he'd go on, there'd be fewer and fewer hmm. tricks that he could pull. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't have the gun or the bomb or the swords yes. and that sort of thing. And it would just be... Sword fights, and maybe that would have been what made Tezca sort of just drive I feel like right that could there. have been an
2: interesting series, though, like if he actually went into that. Oh, yeah, I wanted all these body parts back, and now that I have these back, I realize that I had these benefits that I gained from having these artificial pieces or whatever.
1: It's just unfortunate that they really didn't address that, or at least yeah. he didn't really address it straight I up. I guess
2: Tezga was too busy making 50 billion other things.
1: Probably. Yeah, I
0: mean,
2: at the same time, it's, there wasn't
0: stories yeah. that were really doing this on mm-hmm. that level at all back in right. the year that this thing was being written. I mean, you have to remember... Yeah, I'm like, not really trying to hate on Tezuka. I know it seems like
2: a... Yeah.
0: It's more just like a looking back. We can ask ourselves, why didn't right. this happen? But a lot of it was the serialized storyline wasn't super in vogue, the default way to do hmm. it, even at the time that this was coming out. I mean, yeah, it was starting to happen. It wasn't yeah. totally unheard of yeah. or anything but it's not like the well-oiled machine that it is now, where you've got the editors and you've got the people who are there to check continuity and all that stuff. It was kind of just Tezuka being like, and I want to write a story about a guy with a sword fighting all kinds of crazy demons.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure that Tezuka must have at some point just sat down and drawn a sketch of a guy with swords for arms and was like, I want to create an entire series around this concept. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's how Yoshiaki Kawajiri operates, so...
1: (laughs) It must have been something like that, because, I mean, the sword fights, and just the fights in general, are incredibly awesome. I love the way that they're drawn, and they're just Mm. really neat, and the tricks that Hyakimaru comes up with are really neat, but as we were suggesting, you know, would we read this if Hyakimaru was just a normal guy, just a normal samurai?
0: Well, there's certainly plenty of other manga, now anyway, where there are just stories about a guy who's a normal samurai, or maybe he's got like some sort of gimmick or twist like in the case of Kenshin his sword the blade was reversed or in the case of Blade of the Immortal Manji's can't be killed and he's also got tons and tons of weapons that he just has hidden on him and so maybe that would have been a possible resolution for the conflict that Osamu Tezuka had with the character like maybe he could still have hidden weapons but they'd just be hidden on his person right. But, again, his work ethic was so crazy that Hiroaki Samura has one manga, and that's Blade of the Immortal, and he's got 20 years to think up these <laughs> yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Osamu Tezuka didn't have that luxury.
1: Right. No. And I think it kind of loses a lot when this character now has to go to just hiding stuff on his body when, you know, his body was yeah. the weapon in question. So
0: Yeah, he was, yeah. He was Jeff Speakman.
1: Yeah. <laughs> This is why this is kind of tricky for me to review because it's kind of hard to review it in a modern context. Because mm-hmm. you even read know this, it's
0: fair to review it in a modern context, but I read it in a modern context and yeah. liked it as it was straight up. I wasn't, as I was reading it, considering like when it was made or the context yes. of the time. I would just here's a comic book about a swordsman, and I read it, and I was like, oh, this is awesome, and it's three volumes. The release is really good. Since it's vertical.
1: Yeah, this is a very nice release. It's by vertical. It's reversed this time. Not like a lot of the other vertical things, but...
0: It's unflipped, you mean. It's not reversed. Or is it flipped?
1: It is unflipped okay but it's not like i was reading this and thinking this is a product of its times or anything it really doesn't have those problems going for it it's just sort of something where the character loses part of the mystery about him as the series goes along Mm. because he becomes more and more of a regular human
2: but since it's only three volumes it's probably not that big of a deal
1: it never really overstays its welcome yeah it's very easy to get through it's very quick to get through Mm -hmm. and I guess if it weren't Osamu Tezuka, I wouldn't be, like, putting it through the grinder like this, right. because I liked this. I didn't love it, but I liked it a lot. It's something that I do think is worth reading, certainly for some of the fight scenes in it. The character of Hyakimaru is just an incredibly neat character. And there is a very funny uh, two-part shark story that's, I think, in the third volume. So there was a shark!
0: not in the second <laughs> yes. volume. The shark is on the cover of volume two. No shark is present in Volume 2. And the shark is... He does not get the first Funky Fighter treatment, but then nothing I, I, really does.
1: No, I have to laugh every time I see the shark.
2: Does the shark
1: get
0: suplexed? Shark.
1: Oh, I wish, but the shark does do pretty neat things. But this is certainly worth picking up, and it's really worth reading, but I guess in terms of like all of Tezuka work, it's not really my favorite of his. In terms of what we have today, because Dororo came before it, we have a lot of other things. Right. It probably set the mold for how shonen action series work. In terms of that, I still think it's worth reading. It's not worth reading because it's, you know, an interesting historical footnote or anything. It's actually authentically fun. Yeah, you don't read it fun. for the
0: Aaron reason of reading Osamu Tezuka manga, where it's like, yeah, I have to read manga because it's by Tezuka and it's very important. It's, no, you read it just because you want to. It's actually yes. pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's probably just because I think too much about these things, that these things are coming to mind, and these didn't... Less my enjoyment well, of it. Well, I
2: think you always kind of run into that. I, I guess maybe it's just when you get jaded by having seen too many things. I mean, I have that problem sometimes. Like, sometimes I can turn my brain, like, partially off and just kind of go with something. And sometimes I just keep trying to apply too much logic. That's my problem with Fist of the North Star. Like, I keep trying to apply logic to it and being like, well, no, why this doesn't make any sense. Why are they doing this? Or, like, why are they not doing this? At some point, like, I have to remind myself, like, okay, I need to stop thinking so much about this.
1: What's really funny is that that'll happen to me, too, and some series, I'll totally just be able to accept yeah. the leaps of logic and the weirdness that happens. In other series, it'll just bother me too much. Like, right. Macross 7, I can't watch that show. <laughs> it's too dumb. You
2: can't handle the listen to my
1: song? I can't handle it. It's too dumb. <laughs> but stuff like Fist uh. of the North Star doesn't really bother me. Right. And Doro really, I think about it, but it doesn't bother me. I just kind of accept that it's just Tezuka being weird.
2: Yeah. See, I almost feel like everybody who's going to read Tezuka should be forced to watch, like, Cleopatra. Because then you're prepared for any weird shit that Tezuka could conceivably do. Because once yeah. you've seen Mark Antony looking like a Gamelon and having a ninja, and then Caesar freaking out and having a fit because he's you got syphilis. To see is the
0: live action opening? And... <laughs>
2: Like I mean, once you see some of that, you're just like, okay. I mean, it can't get any more bizarre.
1: Yeah, that's just sort of Tezuka at his most Tomino-like, perhaps. (laughs) But I'm sure Tomino saw that movie and was like, I can out Tezuka, Tezuka. (laughs) But like you saw Evangelion was Uh. like, I can out Gainax, Gainax. Uh. Yeah, Adoro... Pick it up, chances are you will like it more because you probably won't think about these things unless you listen to this review and now you've got these things on your mind as you're reading it. So I've probably ruined that for you as well. But you should pick it up anyway because it is really good. Hey, this is Hans Otterson from Seattle, Washington. I'm just calling because I've been reading Razontemont, which Dale has mentioned several times in the show. And I have to say, it's true that it is really the darkest, most depressing otaku expose ever made worse than welcome to the nhk i haven't read the manga but the book is really dark risotto Mont is ridiculous and it's depressing and it's horrifying and i hope it changes the lives of millions of japanese otaku i hope it changes my life bye
0: okay we actually we're gonna have courses jojo's bizarre adventure part four wait wait hold on i forgot the. i got forgot the important part oh okay here we go here we go okay let me let me try that again now all right we were going to have the part where Clarissa was going to do her JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4 manga review, but she didn't like how it turned out, and so she's editing it still, and rather than wait a month and change, oh wait, it's already been a month and change, we're just going to omit it and put it in the next thing that we upload. That's the ticket. Don't worry, eventually I'll get over myself and realize the mixer sliders should all just be kept to the middle. This is... This is the normal setting for the mixer board. I don't know. I just like, oh, look, there's knobs and you can turn them and stuff. Anyway, here's my Rosante Mont review. Wait, wait, hold on. Okay, here's my Rosante Mont review, guys.
1: I'll cut that cowl off your neck before you'll take her. I've waited my whole lonely life for her. Then all you've waited for is a puppet. A soulless little doll. It didn't have to be this way. You made me do this to her. <laughs>
0: And last, on the uh, manga-only edition of the Anime World Order podcast, I uh, am going to talk about what is fast become one of my favorite manga titles ever. It's called uh, Resentiment by a guy named Kengo Hanazawa. And this is the first manga that he ever created. He made uh, another manga since then because this is a very short manga. It's only about four volumes long. And afterwards, he made another manga, which is a lot more popular. It's called Boys on the Run. It's basically about a salaryman who decides to become a boxer. They're making a live-action movie out of that and all that stuff. So that was, like, his big hit. But this was the first thing that he made, which, for my money's worth, is the real big hit. We've talked about, in previous episodes of the Anime World Order podcast, we actually did an episode entirely about all otaku sort of anime shows. Mm-hmm. We talked about Genshiken. We talked about Otaku no Video. And at the time, I reviewed the manga for Welcome to the NHK. And I said, if Otaku no Video is the idealized version of how Otaku should be, and Genshin is kind of more realistic, Welcome to the NHK is kind of like the hard-hitting truth of the matter. Well, at the time I did that review, that was all the way back in show number 22. That was two years ago. Welcome to the NHK had not completed yet. Or at least I hadn't read the whole thing. It hadn't all been translated. And so I have to go and revise my position now. Welcome to the NHK. I'm sorry you're no longer king of the hill. Rizantimon is now king of the hill of the hard-hitting truth of what it is to really be an otaku for real, no joke. This doesn't really have uh, anything good happening to anybody ever. <laughs> Before we'd say, oh, welcome to the NHK. is a black comedy. And I don't even know if what well, Rizantimon is a black comedy. It's just kind of... Something else, like this stark, bleak vision of what is. The setting of this manga, the very, very near future, it's the year 2015. It's not quite the 2015 of, say, Back to the Future 2, where they had the hoverboards and all that. The real 2015 is not actually going to be the Back to the Future one, either. Part of my childhood will die once that happens. The only
1: Science has let us down so much.
0: Science fiction is what's let us down so much, in conjunction with science. (laughs) Because science fiction got our hopes up over the last century about, like, oh, once the year 2000 hits, it's going to be the fucking Jetsons. And that didn't happen. Dashing a century's worth of hopes and dreams. So 2015, Back to the Future, is the only one left, as far as my childhood is concerned. I mean, yeah, maybe... There were other things, too, but this is one I can actually live to conceivably see not happen. Anyway, it's indistinguishable pretty much from the world we live in today, which is pretty much how the real 2015 is going to be. The main character is a guy named Takaro. Takaro is a short, fat, ugly, balding Japanese man who has this dead-end job. His job is to take paper and feed it into the shredder. All day. That is his job. (laughs) He works for, like, a printing company or something, but it's not a career, it's just something he does. He lives at home with his mom.
1: He is one of the ugliest manga characters I think I've ever seen. Ever.
0: At the beginning of the story, he's basically lamenting his life for obvious reasons. It clearly did not go the way that he had ever envisioned or planned it. He went to school just like he should have done, but once he graduated, he couldn't get a job in his field of study, and so he worked in a different field, and he's just been there for years and years, and Not like I know anything about that, no siree, but Takuro, he's basically right about to hit the uh, otaku life expectancy date, 30 years of age, and he basically is overviewing his life to this point, and he realizes his life totally bites. The only thing that he really has to look forward to is, if he works this shitty job for a year, he can kind of scrounge up a few cents here and there each month, and then at the end of the year, he can take that with his bonus and get himself a hooker that's it. So it turns out, like, after, you know, one of those chance encounters, kind of like how Welcome to the NHK had the chance encounter and Otaku no Video had the chance encounter, this seems to be a common thing among all these otaku works, but Takaru has a- an encounter with an old friend of his who's And otaku, he turns out. And he invites him back to his house and does not have sex with him. No, he does the next best thing. He introduces him to the world of erotic computer dating games.
2: Oh, no. Don't do it!
0: Just like Welcome to the NHK. (laughs) This is the future, though. The technology for erotic dating games has advanced significantly. Like I said, the rest of the world is the same, but Japan put their research skills all into this uh, new way of using a computer, which is like the full... VR headset interface like we all envisioned it after we saw the lawnmower man
1: we are approaching this have you seen that technology where you can get the little video camera and there's a box and you can get the little girl on top of that box oh yeah that you yeah. can interact with
2: you can take her clothes off like you poke her with this stylus stick thing
1: and you can pick it up and you can hold it up so you can look at her panties and everything it's, yeah. we're, we're approaching this
0: maybe in the next seven years we will be at the full peak potential of the <laughs> oh, VR boy. world So, he introduces him to these new computer games, which, hey, check it out. There's all sorts of different girls, and they call you big brother, and if you want, you can have sex with them. If you so choose, they're going to love you unconditionally, and they're all beautiful and great. And Takaru is like, that's his epiphany. That's his breaking point. That's the point where he snaps. He says, guess what? That does it. I'm done with real women forever. The three-dimensional world? Fuck it. Yep. The 2D world. And it's not really the 2D world, because now computers are their own 3D world. Right. And it's now, like, the super-duper MMO.
2: Well, they do have that, what is it, iSpace? That um MMO that's, like, all it is is cute girls from Bishojo games, uh-huh. and you can, like, buy them things and date them.
0: And so it's, a again, it's a gripping, visionary tale yeah. of the future.
2: Yeah. And so Takuro
0: is, like you know what? I'm just going to take my life savings right now, whatever money I've saved up, and I'm going to use it all. And I'm going to upgrade my PC so I can be with all these girls who are way, way cuter than any real girl I would ever meet, than any girl who would ever be willing to talk to me, than any girl I would ever have the courage to walk up to or anything like that. And better still, all these girls already love me. Great, perfect, awesome. So he does Exactly this, then he goes to the next big hurdle in his life is to pick what girl does he want from the store. You've seen uh, all those videos of like, oh, the streets of uh, otaku land are full of crazy people. And there's just shelves and shelves and aisles of just these games. And so he goes, and he's not sure which one to get. And he just sort of, through random chance, picks one for this girl called Tsukino. Or Tsukiko, I'm sorry. She is the total ultimate Moe sort of character. She's really pathetic and cute or whatever. But she's friends with him unconditionally. Even though he's absolutely completely horrible. Like there's nothing redeemable. About Takaro. Like it's like Gerald said, he's like the ugliest motherfucker on the planet. I think like the first time you see him, he's like throwing out cum stained tissues from Aww. jacking off. His balls are always hanging out yes, of his, his shorts.
1: There are several shots of his balls just hanging out yeah, of his he, shorts. He
0: farts all the time, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. Aww. But in the virtual world, much like in World of Warcraft and any other virtual <laughs> world like Second Life, you can customize your avatar to look right. however you want. So, there is a stark contrast between the real world of Ressentiment and the virtual world. Uh-huh. Because everything in the real world is just ugly. Like, seriously, super-duper ugly. People complain about Grappler Baki. This is, like, exponentially the next level. Takaro is an ugly dude. His coworkers are ugly. His room is totally gross and messy. And by comparison, the fantasy world is... It's anime. So, like, oh, well, compared to the alternative, Takuro's like, shit, man, I'll take this any day of the week.
1: When I started to read it, I thought that this ugliness was just the author's style.
0: Yeah, yeah, you thought it's like, oh, man, he's just, like, a really bad artist. Until he puts on the VR headset, and suddenly... Everything looks like a typical manga.
2: So it's not like Fukumoto, like Akigi or Kaiji, where, where yeah, he just draws people really ugly. Stylized
0: things. No, it's very much the people are fat and they've got like the big lips and like the weird dumpy eyes and all that stuff in reality. And then when he goes in the virtual world, it's like your standard anime art that is relatively inoffensive or anything like that. Of course, it doesn't quite go as Takuro predicted. Because since Takaru is such a reprehensible human being and he's like, Shit man, I bought this girl. She's mine do as I please. I paid my money. She belongs to me. The first thing he tries to do, pretty much, is rape her. Turns out that he can't actually do it because he's got no dick in the virtual world. You have to pay crazy extra money for the privilege of having your VR cock to uh loosen up your belongings with.
1: I thought the first thing that happened was he caught her taking a yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah,
0: no, he caught her trying to, like, pee or whatever, because because she's such a pathetic Moe character. She's poor, and she doesn't have money to afford a bathroom, and so she's embarrassed, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, and Takaro does all these things. And even so, she still was like, Oh, I'm sorry, I forgive you. Happy birthday. No one else said happy birthday to you, but me. Thank you for being born. That's a direct quote. No real human being that you just met five minutes ago, would be willing to touch you physically, like on the face or on your arm, and say, like, I am glad that you exist. And that is something that Takuro would not get in reality. A single person to say, thank you for existing, takuro that does not exist in his world. And so he ends up realizing, like, oh, wow, there's no disadvantages to this uh, online world or anything, except there are... Must have been some sort of bug, because Tsukiko does not love him. She loves some other guy that he's never met before. How can this be? He goes and he asks every single other person online. He's like, nope, that's impossible. Can't possibly be that way. Even in the virtual world, Takuro cannot win. <laughs> so it's four volumes long. It's pretty short. There's some sort of mystery going on as to why Sukiko is like that, what makes her different. How does this world work? Who created this shit? I haven't read all of it, because you cannot buy this comic book, unfortunately. You you can only get it through scans. If it's four volumes long, it only goes up to, like, partway through volume three, like the first 29 chapters. But it is very unlikely that there is any light at the end of the tunnel. Like, my objection to Welcome to the NHK was that it sort of kind of worked out for him. And my objection to Genshin was it pretty much sort of worked out for everybody. And Otaku no Video, all their dreams pretty much came true. And that's not how the story goes in real life, folks. Mont, there's maybe one possible thread that suggests maybe a not totally terrible ending is awaiting everybody in this (laughs) comic book. But it is not entirely likely. And that is why I like it. Because that is the truth of Otakudom. Like, unbridled, unvarnished, and this is how it is for real. The horrible truth number one is why is it called Ressentiment? I am no philosophy major. I am uh, no psychology major. I've never even taken a course in any of them. But the word, it basically means the act of placing the blame for your own shortcomings and failures on an external force. basically scapegoating. It's a fancy word for that. Like the mm. French came up with this term and it's used by certain uh, philosophers and psychologists and stuff like that to denote this action. Because by doing this, all of the things about you that suck, the things about you that you don't like, suddenly you rationalize it through this thought process or through this uh, defense mechanism that it's no longer your fault. It's not like you're weak yourself. You're actually being acted upon by this thing that you don't have control over you're being oppressed you're being held down by this other thing right you're not to blame for this other thing in fact that other thing you should hate that other thing that's your enemy because uh you know hey i would have turned out just fine if it wasn't for that guy or if it wasn't for this societal thing working against me
1: this is very otaku thought process yeah yeah
0: your your thought process here it becomes that you know you become bitter you become jealous you want revenge and, and you hate that other thing You see this happen in real life all the time. I mean, from people who constantly remind you that, hey, I self-diagnosed myself as having bipolar disorder. It's not my fault I'm acting like a total bitch. Or, hey, I've got Asperger's syndrome. It's not my fault that I always say the wrong fucking thing and, uh, you know, don't do anything in a social setting because I've got this condition and there's no treatment for this condition. I mean, don't look at me. I, I have that condition out there. Or whatever. I mean, you see this. But you also mm-hmm. see it just like it's this common thing among social outcast sort of people. So in other words, Resentiment is the perfect title for something about otaku. It's it's what drives us all here on this show. As well as otaku everywhere. You couldn't have picked a better title than Resentiment Because you see so much of what draws people to the realm of fantasy as an interest. There's something about reality they don't like. And maybe, you know, some people are normal, but a lot of people are not. And if you don't believe me, go to a convention. (laughs) That is horrible truth number one. Horrible, juggling, crippling truth number two, that is even bigger than that, comes at the end of volume one of this comic book. And it just says, Mont setting materials. And it's just notes from the author about locations. And each of them have little captions underneath them like the main character's house based on the author's grandma's house (laughs) (laughs) this room is the main character's workplace the author worked at this place for three years (laughs) (laughs) this is the handmade bed that Takuro would go to sleep on during break the author did this as well (laughs) That's you know? when
1: it dawns on you that it's that it's a horrible autobiography. <laughs> oh
2: and no! And as more and more of you see it, it's autobiographical. And Are there any pictures du- of the author? Does he does he actually look like the dude? There is
0: one picture of the author on Anime News Network, and he looks like an ordinary nerdy Japanese man who's got mm. Gerald's roommate's glasses. <laughs> If this is actually a picture of him, he's not a fat guy. He's just like a a relatively normalish looking guy. But, I mean, you keep reading the captions and stuff, and it's like, on Valentine's Day, everyone would spend 500 yen, which is like five bucks, or less than that. And the factory lady would hand out chocolate. The author would hide in the storeroom and weep. (laughs) Because nobody at work was willing to spend 500 yen to give him chocolate. For three years (laughs) and then like pictures of the room this is the (laughs) author's home and workplace he looks at porno on that computer (laughs) this is the first book he ever wrote and you know there's all these little touches throughout it just to remind you of how grim it is because there's always like things are going on in the virtual world and then it will cut back to what's happening in reality and reality is Takuro is standing there, pretty much buck-ass naked, except for this VR head visor and skin-tight, unflattering suit, like, giving himself a hug, because he's not actually hugging any physical thing. He's just kind of holding himself and saying, oh, it's okay, I'll be there for you. But really, he's just completely solitary and alone. They have, like, these little things where, like, the next-door neighbors are having sex in the background, but he's just, like, acting like he's perfectly happy, but actually, he's completely and totally isolated. And oh. that's really what Rizantuman is about. Just asks the question, what is the solution here? Is there any solution at all for otaku, for guys like Takuro? Cause he's not that much of an exaggeration. Like, okay, this is partially autobiographical. The author himself lived this life to an extent. I mean, sure, mm-hmm. it's exaggerated, but it's not that exaggerated. Right. And so there are plenty of people out there where you could look at this and say, This is reasonably conceivable. There are people like this. In fact, there are probably thousands of people like this. Tens of thousands. Hundreds of Mm -hmm. thousands. All throughout Japan, throughout America, wherever. What do people do? Therapy! See, I don't think there's a therapy thing at all. I mean, I- I don't think a therapist could actually help people like this. I mean, what would they say? Go out and be more socially acceptable? No, I think the otaku know that's what the problem is, is. They just can't actually do it. I mean, Telling him something like that would be equivalent to telling someone with depression, hey, why don't you just stop being sad? It do not work that way. The brain literally, like, it can't do it. People with depression, they can take medicine for that. There's no medicine to make people not an otaku. Takuro, he wasn't an otaku all his life. He wasn't, you know, World of Warcraft and it took over his life and he didn't have a social life. No, right. he was just like an outcast. It's not like the video games ruined him or anything like that. It was not like, oh, he came so obsessed with his hobbies. No, he didn't have the hobbies. He was just like a guy. So, like, what do you say? It's not like the solution that people say, like, oh, if you people would just get off the computer and go outside, maybe someone would happen. Well, no, what, what if no one happens? What if you live 30 years and there isn't anybody? Is there really <clears throat> anyone out there, even a single person in the world, who could conceivably fall in love? With a guy like Takaro? I mean, there's one character, one lady who is kind of like this domineering sort of bitchy kind of lady who is really ugly and unlikable, but maybe they might get together? I don't know. I haven't read the end of this. And if they did, would they really be happy? It seems like even if they did get together, they would just be miserable. Mm. But is that better?
1: I wonder if this is some sort of cathartic thing for the author where he just wrote this and is like, I'm just going to make it so much worse than my life is, so at least I'm not like this fictional character yeah, or something. Yeah, but I mean,
0: you know, that's another thing that people do. I mean, everyone has seen that very famous picture with, uh, you know, all the guys, the Japanese are talking room. in the room with the hug pillows and yeah. Impact fun- At least you're not a fucking loser like this guy here. But what if, even if you're like three steps not to that point... You're probably still a fucking loser. Maybe not like that guy there. Maybe you're not sharing a milkshake with your hug pillow.
1: But I mean you're you're negative 97 instead of negative 100. Right.
0: I mean it's like mm-hmm. you're still is there any possible hope of being saved? And uh if there's not then what's the point of trying to be saved? I mean, is the whole, there's someone for everyone, and that person is out there, if you just go out and look, but don't actually obsess over finding them, because you'll find them once you stop looking, that common belief, is that not just a bunch of bullshit for people like every single character in this manga? Because it's, I mean, shit man, Takuro sure stopped looking, (laughs) I mean, it doesn't get any more... I'm it's hard stopped to looking, then I'm done with real women, I'm buying my computer.
2: <laughs> there's a difference in degree between stopped looking and I've become a hikikomori and all I want to do is <laughs> date my virtual girlfriend. But is not a hikikomori.
0: I mean, he, he has a job and he goes out and he interacts with co-workers right. and, you know, he goes out drinking afterwards and for some people they say, that, okay, well, that's normal stuff, but there's some portion of the population for which that is not going to work. And right. I think a lot of those people are the people you'd see dropping $6,000 at Wonderfest.
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a complicated issue. You can never know for sure. Would they possibly meet somebody? Well, nobody knows.
0: Well, okay. You have to work the odds here, though, but, like, Takaro is 30. Most mm-hmm. people get a hint right. well before they're 30, probably when they're a teenager there's, like, some sort of inkling of a clue that maybe you see someone you like or somebody mildly expressed interest in you. Totoro doesn't have any of that. And he's kind of Does he not?
2: Or is it one of those situations where Where he's he's just such a social retard that he either doesn't notice... Because that's one thing that happens. And the other thing that happens is you get a lot of these people, like... You mentioned this fact that, like, There's nothing wrong with me, it's just other people are being assholes, or I have no control over the fact that I act like a shithead, because I have self-diagnosed Asperger's or whatever. Some of it, maybe not in his particular case, like, I haven't read it yet.
0: Oh, you need to read it, it's so good.
2: A lot of times, you have these people that can't get dates, and part of it is because... They have impossible standards? Well, part of it is they do things that are going to make people not want to date them.
0: But isn't the Dr. Phil advice, just be yourself? At what point do they have to, for some people, like these crazy otaku, like in this, the amount that they would have to change would be such on a fundamental level that they would no longer be the same person.
2: That's where the standards thing comes in. Part of it is that you have every single one of these guys wants to date a supermodel. So you have these guys that are basically, as you framed it, fucking losers, who all believe that they are owed, are entitled to dating a girl that looks like a supermodel. I mean, seriously, like, you see a lot of guys that are nerds bitching about not having a date, and how, like, girls are bitches for not wanting to date them because they're overweight or whatever, but how many of them are insulting the girl who's 20 pounds overweight at the anime convention they don't want to date those girls those girls aren't good enough for them right that's the so it's,
0: portion like, right. Of this-
2: it's the not wanting to do anything to compromise your behavior coupled with these ridiculously high standards
0: the inevitable result of decades worth of sitcom television in which the fat, slovenly, stupid guy has the smoking hot supermodel wife.
2: They want something that's perfect, some girl that's never going to disagree with them, that's never going to question them because they don't want to have to do anything.
0: Right. And that's the, the allure of this, uh, this virtual right. world. And as the manga goes on, eventually they find out. Right. It's not like there's some secret plot to make the matrix or anything out of these battery power from their bodies, but I mean, <laughs> they show like the coolest people online are actually the worst people in existence which is just just like how real life operates i mean you know oh man that guy's so awesome because he's got his level 70 dude in world of warcraft or whatever and a full set of fat Mm -hmm. perps or what i don't know but (laughs) you know in reality the person's life is horrible it brings up the interesting question i mean you've done to death in things like you know the matrix and all that but which is worse or which is better to live the life that you know is fake that is right better than the real world which is horrible and grim and not really a place that's actually going to result in an existence that's worth Mm -hmm. living to you know most people by any reasonable human metric or is it just that question At the end of a memento, do I lie to myself to be happy? Right. In this case, uh, a lot of people say yes. That, you know, it's better to say, oh, well, even if. I did exercise, even if I dropped 20 pounds or even if I put on this muscle, even if I uh, started to take better care of myself hygienically, my personality is still crazy (laughs) 38 year old man who just got busted by the feds for having a (laughs) shit ton of Lolita porn. Not that that would ever happen in real life. Oh, wait.
2: Yeah. and I mean, I think that that's something that people are grappling with I mean, everywhere. I mean, that's like the whole thing of when people started using the Internet, You, the whole thing with interacting with other people online, having friends through online services and dating online, there's even still continuing debate about is interacting with people online, even if you're interacting with real people, as meaningful as interacting with people face-to-face. And part of it is just that as technology changes, the way that we do things changes and the way that we interact with people changes. And so to a certain extent, I think that we are going to shift values, and maybe some things that are not quote-unquote real world are not necessarily without merit. At the same time, at some point, maybe there there is going to have to be a line.
0: I think the future might be now.
2: If you lock yourself in your house, or even if you don't, and all you do is have a relationship with your virtual girlfriend, who's not a person, it's not another person with a virtual avatar, It's a program that will just unconditionally love you. Does that really make you happy? I mean, I don't know. If it does, then maybe that's better for you. But does it actually?
0: I think on a level, the lie is only allowed to be believed up to a certain extent. Right. That's why the uh, otaku expiration date exists. At some point, the brain (laughs) rejects the false world of the virtual (laughs) existence all that exists is the crippling terrifying world of reality and then what do they people do that's I think why I you set there's your the expiration
2: date too low there because there's an awful lot of otaku that make it past 30 I
0: just made up a, a random number I just said 30 is a good <laughs> number for real otaku cuz like the otaku that we see here 30 is basically the gattaca level of that's you know your time it's come it's over mhm But yeah, I mean, this is a big thing in Japan. Like, everyone is talking about how the birth rates are dropping down drastically because women are, rather than dating guys, they're going to host clubs and guys are going to maid cafes and getting these games and... That's a big part of what the whole Moe thing is about. I get tons of shit from people online who write me in to say, oh, the Moe is not so bad because, you know, I do this and I do the other thing. Guess what? You're not the person I'm talking about. Read this comic. If you are just like somebody in this comic, then you are the person I am talking about when I'm decrying the whole Moe thing. Most people in America, if you read this, it is incomprehensible. How anybody could ever end up this way. And yet, in Japan, there is an entire mm-hmm. sub-niche group of people mm-hmm. that are just like this. And yeah. again, how do you solve this? If the guys don't really want to uh, have anything to do with the women, and the women are all like, Screw you guys, I'm going to takarazuka," Because <laughs> that's what a real man is like. <laughs> is this irreconcilable? Right. There's not really a situation where these people can meet and interact. I mean, it's worse so in Japan, but most people, it's not like college or high school. It's work. The only place you can really meet people is either through work or through acquaintances. And if you don't really have people, how do they meet anyone? And in Japan, it's even more so than that. Because you can't just walk up to girls and introduce yourselves unless you're like one of those Nampa masters that Patrick Macias is always blogging about. Your
1: friend has to talk to her friend. And only when her friend and your friend talk to each other, then you two can right. meet. I heard that that's how it works.
0: Yes, you have to be introduced to people through a network. That's basically how yeah. it works. It's not yeah. like, oh, I know my friend. Let me introduce you to her. It doesn't work that way. It's all very ritualized and the disadvantage. Well, that's why of this, they
2: do like the group dates and stuff. But you still, yeah, have to know somebody. But I mean, that's where kind of the don't just be a total. Well, of course, that's the message. Oh, don't be an
0: otaku. Don't be told shut in. But but well, the question that Razanti Mon asks is, what if you are? What if you are? Is there right. a reversal to this? Can this be undone?
2: The thing is, you can always do something. I mean, it doesn't necessarily that mean that enough you're enough going to
0: overturn the years and years built up. Like Gerald said, if you're negative process. ninety-seven and you need to be at zero, right. yeah, either. yeah.
2: Well, part of the problem is you dug your hole by letting yourself get there. Okay. People change their lives. People go back to school and change their careers, and people do all kinds of things. I mean, it's certainly harder if you've gone for so long doing it. I want to think that it's not entirely impossible, because, I mean, you know, I'm trying to do things to change my life, and granted I'm not 38 or whatever. But I mean,
1: to change those sorts of things are relatively easy.
2: It's hard, you know, and it takes time. That's the other thing, too, is people it's easy to get impatient. You do it for, like, a week, and then it's like, oh, this isn't working, and then you stop. I mean, I've done that.
1: The guy in Resonant is so much deeper than that, though. Like,
0: what it reminds me of is the mm. old episode of Batman the Animated Series, uh, the two-parter where they introduced Clayface and-, and Matt Hagen. Right. He just got doused with the Renew You, and he finds out that you know he's this deformed freak. But if he really concentrates, he can look like a normal person. The problem is he cannot hold the concentration indefinitely. It's too hard for him to do that.
1: Right. Wow. You- you can even form clothes out of your skin. But how? The formula must have soaked every cell in my body. It's... It's some kind of miracle. What What are you doing? No. No. You broke my concentration. It won't work. Don't you see? It's too hard. It's like tensing a muscle. I can't keep it up for long. My career,
0: my life, it is gone. And I can never get it back. I'm not an actor anymore.
1: I'm not even a man.
0: And that's kind of the level of change that the crazy otaku people in this manga are like clay face level. And yeah, mm-hmm. maybe if they really, really, really tried hard enough, they could look reasonably presentable and normal, but right. it would only be a mask. It wouldn't be the real them. Yeah. And any reasonable I human guess... being would be crazed and horrified and repulsed to see like the, the <laughs> giant hideous blob you know, which is what this is.
2: I guess and that's one of the things where the cultural difference comes in, because, I mean, I know tons of people that are weird, crazy nerds. Well, yeah, that's... They date people, they have sex lives, but they're dating other weird, crazy nerds. But somehow in Japan, they, the gender divide is such that they can't interact with the female fans, there there's a huge hate. gulf between the male otaku and the female otaku, and they hate each other. The male otaku hate the fujoshi, and and the male otaku are... I, I don't know, like, I mean, it's a weird thing. Like, you'd think they could, you know, maybe they're not gonna date the cheerleader, the, the head cheerleader in high school, but you'd think they could date, you know, that girl that's making doujinshi for Kamiket. The
0: closest equivalent I could think of in, like, an English-speaking world would be, like, let's say all the Kung Fu movie fans were like, Oh, it's good to date someone with common interests. Uh, it doesn't matter it, to me uh, how good a girl looks or whatever. I want a girl who's a fan of Kung Fu movies. <laughs> okay, great. Show me the girl who's a fan of Kung Fu movies. The line starts here. Ten years later... Uh, yeah, that line is still empty. Well,
2: that's the great thing about the internet, is it makes it easier to find those people. They don't exist on the internet, either.
1: Pretty much, but... I mean, even in this manga, they, they do suggest that there is, like, the normal nerd, and then...
0: Yeah. The normal guy who works his job, and still hangs out with people, and then goes on here and plays the game in the virtual world for a while. Those people are there, and they are present.
1: They are present, they have normal relationships and such, but the idea is that this guy, this sort of person that exists is such a small portion.
0: I don't think he's such a small portion of the world in this world, which is also our world, because it's out of my
1: breath. No, not in this world, but I mean, the suggestion is that this guy is so far gone that, I mean, we don't even know anyone. Okay, we know one person that is close to this. You know me. No, not you, you have a... (laughs) We know one person whose name I won't say, who is...
2: Do you have any hug pillows that we don't know about, Daryl?
0: Yeah, yeah, tons.
1: Do your balls hang out of your shorts constantly? No,
0: no, not yet. But, you know, it's, it's all like, you know, it's got to be like the only the highest quality. It's the tempur brand, Hug Pillow Chan.
1: Yeah. The one that conforms to your touch.
0: Yes. And it's warm. Warmth like a human, like a lady. But yeah, you were about to say you know somebody.
1: We know one person that comes close to this, but that person is still on their own <laughs> level, their own island of... Of literally their yeah. own island yes so i mean this is not suggesting that i guess the nerds can't can't deal with each other it's suggesting that this level of person is there a way to save
2: i guess the question is are they just that way can they really not help it do they really have like asperger's or something that prevents them from behaving any differently and they really can't do anything about it Or are they that bad just because Let's say the
0: answer is yes. Let's say they really can't do anything about it. What then?
2: Then I guess maybe the virtual girlfriend is the best thing for them. There we go.
0: There's no light at the end of the tunnel, which is why I want everybody to read Rezantemon. This was scanlated by Manga Screener. Is it done? Uh, No, the whole thing isn't done. I mean, it's done in Japan because it was only four volumes long. Okay. But... Again, the 29 chapters that are out are not the whole thing. And I really, right. really, really want to read the end of this comic and see what happens in that last volume or in whatever the rest of Volume 3 is. Right. Volume 3 goes up to Chapter 35, and then there's a Volume 4 after that. So the only person I know who's read it all is Ed Chavez because he can read Japanese. And uh, Aaron got really mad when I said no. It was like Takaro. He's <laughs> like, eh, no, is not that ugly. And I'm like, yeah, but... <laughs> everything else. He's like, yeah, I guess, but you know, he found me after all through some random lightning strike. And that was the best defense of Noah that Aaron could come up with.
1: Think of it this way. Once you read this, you will feel so much better about yourself.
0: I, I didn't. I
1: was like, oh yeah,
0: that's cool. <laughs> Finally, someone who tells it like it is. Uh-huh. no, check out Ressentiment. After you read this, you can't go back to NHK or Genshin or fucking comic party waste of time bullshit like that. This is like, I want more stories like this. And the only way that could happen is if we all go out and read it.
1: Would not. Could not. Would not. Could not.
2: Oh, could not join the Dutch.
0: And that concludes show number 74 of the Anime World Order podcast, the special... All manga coverage edition, since I hadn't reviewed manga in quite some time, other than partially referring to things when I was talking about anime and saying, oh yeah, there's a manga.
1: I think it was even longer for me.
0: You did the other vertical things. That was probably like the last one. And same thing for me. I think Moo was probably the last manga review I did. I apologize for that. I mean, I know we say we do the anime and the manga stuff. We usually try and at least have some manga every once in a while.
2: So much stuff is coming out now, it's so hard to keep track of it. I've fallen way behind. Yeah, me too. Just because they're releasing so many things.
0: Yeah, and that's the story of our lives. So much coming out that you can't really even try to keep up. You should just pick a couple of things and be like, okay, I'm sticking with this, that, and the other things.
1: It's also very hard to gauge the quality of a manga by just looking at the cover or even paging through it Yeah, like, yeah. a little bit. An anime, I can watch an episode or two and get a good gauge of it, right. but right. manga, I have no clue. And I don't hear people talking about a lot of the stuff.
0: You know, they say don't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge an anime by its DVD cover most of the time. <laughs> (laughs) Yes, that's going to do it for this month's episode. If you would like to uh, offer us some feedback, please go to our website, which is www.animeworldorder.com. Please leave us comments. If you don't want to leave comments, you can always leave us emails through animeworldorder at gmail.com. Do we still have that voicemail?
1: Keep calling that voicemail number. We appreciate it.
0: The phone number is 206-666-4296. Other podcast-related stuff. If you go to the website, we put up polls generally around each time that each show comes out. The latest poll question as the time of this recording was would you buy an AWOT shirt and or hoodie? We had different choices. Yeah, I'd buy a shirt. Yeah, I'd buy a hoodie. I'd buy one of each. And some people said, uh, no, I wouldn't want one or it depends. So uh, here's the score. 30 of you said you'd want a shirt. 28 of you said you'd want a hoodie. 55 people said that they would want one of each so here's how this is gonna work if you are one of those people and you're listening to this and you're serious and you weren't just filling out a a web poll which I don't don't blame you you know maybe you don't have the money right now especially with the way everything is going in the economy these days let us know send us an email once we get enough people with these orders then we'll put in the order for exactly that much because we don't want to be stuck ordering 100 AWO shirts or hoodies or whatever, and then uh, not being able to get rid of them, like having just piles and piles.
1: Are they committing to buying the shirt when they email it?
0: Let's see. Most people, in my opinion, charge way too much for T-shirts. Like, oh, I'm not paying $20 for a shirt. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Bearing in mind that we have to ship them, I don't know if it's reasonable to say $10 for a shirt, maybe 20 for the hoodie. Is that reasonable? Maybe
1: we shouldn't uh, say a price just yet. Well, Maybe eventually we
0: should... what we need to do, like, here's what we're going to do. People are going to send us the money with the size they want, plus their address. And once we have enough of them, and it's not going to be that many, I think the minimum order we need is 12. As you can see from these poll results, it's a lot more than 12 people who responded. It's a little over 100, actually. Mm-hmm. So if 1 in 10 people were serious, then we can actually go ahead and do this. But for now non-committal still, send us your correspondence, your contact information about like what do you want for these things, and we'll actually get them made and sent out. And that will really happen. True, swear to God, honest. We'll do what all the other podcasters did three years ago, or yeah, however we were long. Actually,
1: we were talking about this pretty early on that we were going to do this, so we're, yeah. we're a little bit tardy by two years or so.
0: Yeah. Years, so. On that note, as far as other things that we were tardy in getting through in the next episode of Anime World Order... We are probably going to have a bonus episode in between where we get all these con reports out of the way, but the next Mm -hmm. actual episode, it's looking like we're going to actually have another guest on the show, which we haven't done in forever. Uh, We were meaning to get this person on back in show number 22, two years (laughs) ago. It was only after the fact, like, hey, we just finished recording it. Hey, why didn't we have so-and-so on as a guest? Good question. Yeah. So... Next time on show number 75, is that kind of a milestone because it's divisible by five? I don't know. could
1: be. Yeah, probably. Our
0: special guest will be Mr. Ryan Gavigan. Yay! famed, Famed uh, parody dub guy, used to be the uh, chair of ASEN, runs Anime Hell, runs Midnight Madness all over the place. Ryan is awesome. Mm-hmm. Turns out he is a big fan of uh, certain shows, and so I am going to be reviewing... I realize that AWO is totally late to the party, and everything that needs to be said about this has already been said, even by other anime podcasts, but I am going to be reviewing the original OAV series for Bubblegum Crisis.
1: I will not accept anything negative being said about Bubblegum Crisis at all, whatsoever. It's it's perfect, but <laughs> I uh, I am going to be reviewing uh, one of my favorite OAVs. This is a the one-shot done in the late 80s. In my opinion, one of the most perfect OAVs of its kind, Writing Bean.
0: And you think maybe we'll get into Gunsmith Cats along with that? It's kind of hard to mention one without the other.
1: I think that we'll probably mention it offhand, but because they're two different entities that we can... It's impossible to mention one without the other, but yeah, it won't be two reviews. It won't be like a review of Gunsmith Cats and Writing Bean.
2: And I will be talking about something a little more uh, recent. And
0: less Sonata-ish.
2: Yeah. Yes. I'm breaking the Sonata motif here. I'm I'm very sorry. Unless you reviewed Gunsmith <laughs> <laughs> But Cat. Uh, Exaxion
0: is already taken.
2: I will be talking about Yakitate Japan,
0: which is a very good series. The fine shonen action formula <laughs> distilled or perhaps fermented to its absolute grandest oh, thing. And not ha, fermented ha. like Kiviak. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> That's going to do it for show number 74, the Anime World Order podcast. Cherish it and hold on to it greatly because I don't know when the next one's coming out because in all honesty, I just got the bloody mess perk and things are about to start happening in Fallout 3. (laughs)